welcome to the Suspense is Killing Us podcast. I am Emily. Travis. Matt. And we're all here. We're here all we doing it. God damn it. Oh, yeah. It's Tony Vember. It's Tony Vember. We are in it. Congratulations, everybody. This is 101st episode. 101 Dalmatians here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're... we're and the Dalmatians are uh, the episodes. Mm. <laughs> we're peeling off a new hundred, starting with our... Uh, a hundo? Peeling off a new hundo, I would say. Oh, peeling off a new hundo. Peeling off a new hundo, for a sure. New hundo. <laughs> I was wondering when it would seep in. <laughs> it's going to happen doing a lot. An Australian accent, uh, pretty all much morning. the whole to all morning. Uh, I can't stop. It puts a smile on his face. It does. I need. I need to have, have a smile on my face right now. Everybody needs a smile every now and again. Everybody needs a smile. A smile on my face. <laughs> I have that on a pillow. Yeah. A cold beer. A cold beer. A smile on your face. A smile on your face. A shrimp on the babby. And a shrimp on the babby. Babby! <laughs> this is what happens when you talk about Outback Steakhouse. Oh. oh. Authentically oh. Australian A stuff bloomin' like onion. Oh, man. If you guys want to send us a, a wallaby? onion. Have you seen a wallaby? Oh, Mate. man. <laughs> Have you seen Don't get me started on a wallaby. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen one? Have you seen? Blow your fucking mind. Oh, God. Too right. Uh, yeah. Melted my psyche. I've had, I've had enough. Don't get me you started done? on the ruse. Yeah, I think I'm done. All right. Oh, okay. Maybe later we'll do some more. <laughs> Maybe later. <laughs> Thanks. Good. <laughs> pretty crazy. Keep, let's keep our options open. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. We're a little punchy this morning. We, it's a it's a weird It's daylight morning. savings time. Daylight savings time. I'm hungover. I got so much sleep and I'm I'm sober and not hungover as a rock. That's cool. Good for you. Yep. For what? For fucking, once in my damn life. Bragging over here. I'm uh, I just feel great. I'm a hundred percent. Usually I feel like garbage today. I feel great. Yeah. Um. I had the house to myself last night, so I. Oh yeah. Like went to bed early. I took a, a bath. I did a face mask. Ate some pizza. Ooh. Watched some movies. Yeah. So good. We had a whole really conversation good. about bubble baths on the way over here. Oh, yeah. So it's like you should be jealous of. My what? friends took me out to dinner, and I had a bunch of fun shots. And Ooh, fun! Feeling it a little this morning. Yeah. What are the fun shots that you had? Don't know. They just had bad booze in them. Jesus. They were the booze flavored kind. Don't know. It's all just swirling <laughs> together. And, uh, were they like drop shots? Mm-hmm. Do you know any crazy no, ones no. like that? Were they on no. fire? No. Did you do that one that looks like a brain? No. Do yeah. the one that looks like a brain. I thought you said these were fun shots. That's not, what's fun about <laughs> them? They were fun, <laughs> and then they got me really drunk. Jaeger did you bombs? have some Malort? No, yuck. Come on. No, I did not have any Malort. I don't know what was in the shots. I didn't mix them. Where'd you go? Uh, Hattie's and then the smoke shop. Nice. 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 Hattie's hit. Hattie's hit. Hattie's hit. Smoke shop. Did you have a Foster's? Had a fun shot. <laughs> Australian for beer. Yeah. Foster's. We played a little knifey spoony. <laughs> Everything we know about <laughs> Australia. Australia's a Vegemite sandwich. One Simpsons episode and <laughs> America Australian relations. <laughs> yeah. Uh so yeah, well, happy birthday, Matt. Thank you. And we had a good time. Oh yeah, well, it was okay. Happy B day. I yeah. went to a party as well, in the dead cold. It was an outdoor party. It was forty-one degrees last night. I was underdressed. Why'd you do that? I didn't. Wasn't quite he needed sure. Needed to be I, king of the I, nerds. Maybe wasn't hundred percent sure. It was a nerd party. Was it a short run party? It was a short run party. It was the after party for Short Run, which is the comics uh, indie comics yeah. uh, festival. Mm, you see all the cool yeah, people convention. there. Convention. Huh? You see all the cool people there? I was the coolest person there by far. Literally coolest? Or <laughs> it was the coldest person. I was so cold. Yeah. And you could go up to the roof too. On so top of this place. It's like, like real windy guess, up there. Guess what? It gets even colder, motherfucker. <laughs> was it raining last night too? No. Not that I not not In where the I middle was. of the night it was. Spooked me. I woke up. I was a little scared. 
The rain scares you? Well, That's no, cute. I was all my Nick went and spent the night at our friend Jim's house. They had like a whole you they know boy bro, party sleepover bro down. And uh, I woke up in the middle of the night and it was raining really hard and it like is really loud on my house because I'm up like the top level mm-hmm. in a tall house. And then I heard some weird noises and then I started getting in my head about it and then I just like made myself fall back to sleep. So don't worry, I'm fine, guys. Cool. Yeah. It's probably just bats. Do you or... get the do you get it's the, probably bats. Do you get the sleep paralysis? No, but Nick does, or he used to. Does he does he freak out? Yeah. Is it weird when he freaks out? No, it's just a little scary. I have okay. to wake him up and stuff. What happens when he gets it? Because I get it, but only a slight, and I know what's happening, like, so I don't he get like scared. He jerks around a little bit. Sorry, babe, blown up your spot. He's like jerking around a little bit, and sometimes he'll like say, like, help, or like scary oh, shit. things like that. That's fucked up. Yeah, isn't it scary? Oh, sorry, Nick. <laughs> it hasn't happened in a while. Knock on wood, it won't happen anymore. I get I get a I get a thing where I see the person, mm. but it's like I know it's not real, yeah. and it's usually at the tail end of a dream. And so, and like, it shakes me awake, and I'm fine. But I, I, I feel myself going, like, yeah, like yeah, that, and then High I wake hyperventilation up. stuff. Yeah, 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 I have to wake him up when it happens. Jesus, yeah. it's freaky. <sighs> I don't know why I asked about that, but there you go. Well, there you go, everyone. Sleep paralysis. Sleep well. I used to sleepwalk when I was a little kid. Oh yeah, it was like too. a problem. And one like time, arms outstretched sleepwalking, or just like I would naked, leave the house. Naked time sleepwalking. Like I would leave monster, the house. Were yeah. you just walking? They found me digging a hole in the middle of the yard. Oh one my time god, Travis! That's when I was so like six, scary. like I'd found a shovel, but you know, like holding it up towards the front of it because I was a little kid and uh-huh. just digging. And I had like apparently made some pretty decent progress on this hole too. There, you, like, you, you, you think you were there. digging your own grave? I think it was absolutely digging my own. Dude, grave. and if they hadn't <laughs> caught you, you would have like got, got laid down in it. What if it was the? What if it was the the ghost that was possessing? you digging for their own body oh my god <laughs> oh man i was so close too they were like bury that hole up and you could probably see like a, like a little bit of the hand sticking out yeah. oh shit uh, and, then, just and a, then he would have taken over my body and i would have been or yeah you would have been did. permanently possessed or maybe, yeah maybe that's you and, and then there's that's just who you are there's now. the old yeah, i mean who cares i mean it's, there's the dead, the dead body else. is still under your old yard like <laughs> Screaming skull. <laughs> whoever I was. Yeah, whoever you once were. Was swapped were. into the corpse. No, I think that... Like a cool that, guy. I think that whoever you were just gone. Just gone. Because, you know... Yeah, what's the point of putting him into a corpse? I yeah, mean, that's not going to do anyways. anybody any good. I used to sleepwalk, too. Uh, when I was at Girl Scout camp one year, I slept walking... And you met your twin sister, and then... <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Um, I, I slept walking, uh, someone found me, and I was, like, going towards the woods. Oh, no. Which, <laughs> like... See? That's you'd have been done. Yeah, finished. Who knows? Jesus Christ! They would have found you at the pet cemetery the next day. My brother used to have night terrors where he would just like scream forever and in a half awake, half asleep like days. Cobras, cobras. <laughs> That's really scary. My friend's Fuck. cat screams at night. Does it sound like when a man sleeping? screaming? No, it's not asleep. It's just like. Yeah, making a cat. Have you ever heard a cat scream? Ah, like that. Yeah, <laughs> just like that. Yeah, ah, ah, ah. pretty crazy. Pretty, pretty crazy. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, it's Tony Vember. Yeah, it's Tony let's, Vember. Let's start it out. Let's get into it. All month we are going to be talking about the work of Tony Scott. Uh, Antonio. you already. Antonio Scottio. Scottio. Not very good. Nah. No. We'll come up with something better. Um, <laughs> Anthony Scosche. Ooh, not bad. <laughs> Told you we'd come up with something better. Uh, we already, hopefully you already heard the Patreon episode about true romance. Mm-hmm. Today on the episode proper, we are going to be covering uh, Revenge from... 1990. 
The Last Boy Scout from 1991. 91? And Enemy of the State. 1998. From 1998. That rhymes. Um, Enemy yeah. of the State from 1998. Mm. Hooray. <laughs> and boy, oh boy, we're, we're, we're really covering <laughs> My the- My name's uh, Travis Vote, Enemy of the State. Enemy of the State from 1998. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. We have but fun here. We're, I, no rules, people. <laughs> No rules. I'm very, very excited that we get to start out this whole uh, this whole operation on uh, his most commercial movie, his most crowd pleasing film, uh, a movie that anybody would love. <laughs> ah, yes, Revenge, my favorite Tony Scott film, personally. Actually, I, yes. That this is some Matt Lynch bullshit that I I don't know if I agree with it, but like I see it. You right. know what I mean? I mean, you can like, tell why it's my favorite. One hundred percent. There's there's some stuff where you're kind of like, I guess I just have to accept that. I don't think this is a bad movie. It's actually a very good movie that is just not going to be for most people. But that also occupies a firm possibility of becoming Matt's favorite movie. Yeah, I love this movie in that way. Kevin Costner is a man who loves his freedom. I'm going on a vacation, man. I'm not going to work for anybody, all right? It's good to see you. Anthony Quinn is a man who loves his power. This is Mireya. My wife. This is Jay. My friend. He told me a lot about you. She was the last thing in the world he wanted. Do you think my wife is beautiful? Hi. Hello. What do you want me to say? Of course. What are you doing here? Well, the truth is I was bored. Until she became the only thing in the world he wanted. Do you feel the way I feel? I don't know that I have the right to feel anything. Because a woman like that... Forget about right or wrong. It's almost anything to keep her. When love turns to obsession... For a long time, I didn't let myself want anything. This is what we don't do. We don't forget who we are. We don't forget where we are. You think that you're taking another man's wife? There are no rules. I love you. Shall I have him killed? It's good. I like this movie a lot too. I like all of these movies. But I really like I like Revenge and I had seen it before. And uh I think my letterbox review was just like bloody, dirty, sweaty, yeah. fun or something like that, you know. And no, we all yeah, watched the theatrical really cut, was. yes? I might have watched the director's oh, cut. Oh, I forgot. I don't know what I watched. Hmm. I watched the DVD. I watched the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray? Yeah. That's the that's the director's cut. Had all the blippy av- like avid fart shit. It had like all the color avid timing. Fart? It's, you know, like it. it's a ver- it's a Vern ty- uh, just, it's a Vern word. He means like it's all the like, blippy editing, like fast cutting, closer to a late period Tony Scott movie than a than a early nineties one. Huh. The theatrical cut that. is on Blu-ray, but I imported mine from Germany. Jesus Christ! Am I safe with the DVD? I don't even think it gave me an option. DVD have a did it have a gray cover? It's the DVD we have here at the store. Okay. Well, then that's probably okay. <laughs> we'll look and see which one you rented. Okay. Um, Tony Scott should be glad we're the first people to watch this movie in years, for God's sakes. I watch this annually. <laughs> Only annually? Yeah. You can do better than that. It's one of my favorite films, really. I just adore it. But I've discussed this movie with four people before Before today, seeing it? Like, during the course oh. of the last week. Two people from my office and two people in other circumstances where they'd be like, what have you seen or what are you doing for the next podcast? I'd be like, well, Tony Scott. And they're like, yeah, I know who that is. I'm, I'm person, listening. I'm a person who knows enough about movies to know Tony. And then we'd be like, okay, so The Last Boy Scout. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Enemy of the State. Oh, oh yeah. Sure, that one. Yeah. With Will Smith. I know things about that. Revenge. Yeah. What? what? What's that? Yeah. Never never even fucking heard of it before. Yeah. I believe this is a movie with Kevin Costner. Was this not his follow-up to Cop 2? 
It's I, a, it'd have to be. I it's a movie with such a, a very common title. Like the title honestly, going up, going up to the the bang of the action section at work where it's at. There's like six other revenge movies. Yeah. Um, but I think that might be. I don't know, mate. Maybe people just didn't see it. I don't know. I mean, I don't, it, it was wasn't not a hit. super big of a hit. Um, I mean, I didn't see it when it came out. Although this is exactly the kind of thing I would have gone to see. But it, did, I, you know, it didn't really ping my radar. I didn't know who Tony Scott was yet. Oh. Um, I had seen Beverly Hills Cop too, but like, you know, didn't really, didn't really register. Um, yeah. This has since become yeah my favorite of his movies because it is so miserable and so grungy. It truly this is, is. What I'm saying. And um, like portentously sad. In in a in a totally unproductive way. Literally, the title the title screen is over like the a crusty, bloody, dying body on in the desert. <laughs> yeah, and it gets way more unpleasant from there. It's like and the crustiest guy. It's also like deeply misogynistic and uh, fatalistic, and uh, it's like just one of those. It's like I wish I had seen this when it came out. I didn't see it for a few more years, but when I, if I had seen this when I was like 12 instead of 16, yeah. I would have loved it even more. Like it's it's totally geared toward like a fucking mean teenage boy. It's so good. This is why I love Last Boy Scout so much. You know what I mean? It's like uh, yeah, same syndrome. Except That's, that movie's really fucking funny. It has a happy ending. And yeah, sort of. I mean, we'll talk about it. I've got I a mean, lot to say about that movie. Oh yeah, uh, and whether or not that's, that qualifies as a happy ending. This uh, movie does not have a happy ending. Movie, no, not at all. This movie's ending is so is so ri- ridiculously brutal and non- nonsensical isn't the term for it, but just sort of like what that, well, I, that I did laugh out loud. Let's talk about let's, who we got here. I was, I was laughing uproariously at the end of this movie. Probably not the the point. Not the way you not intended way to. Yeah. yeah. We have Kevin Costner, who I think is perfect in this. He's very very I think good. He's in great it. in this as a uh, Michael J. Whatever Jay, they call him. J. This is when he was still pretty His interesting. Jay Cochran. Jay Cochran. Which is funny yeah. because you get to spend nearly the entire movie hearing Anthony Quinn say Cochran in his Cochran. accent, and it just sounds like he's saying Cochran over and over and over again. <laughs> Cochran, Cochran, Cochran. Anthony the Quinn. The Godfather. <laughs> Anthony Quinn this is, is old, old, Iron, old Ironsides. <laughs> Any cock will do. His anyway. like, rich mob BFF father figure, Anthony Quinn, is... Yeah. He's a he, like Jake Jay or he's Cochran a is a guy. fighter pilot. He's, a top he's retiring and he's going to spend a, a month or two yeah. in Mexico with as you say his BFF who he saved this mob guy's life years ago and now they're besties. Yeah. And he goes down there with his dog and his jeep and his little oh. his little tennis outfit that he wears Rocky. everywhere, Rocky. But the opening of this movie is all other aside is cross cut. It's the crusty guy crawling in the floor. We don't know who he is yet. That is we'll not in out. the original version of. The, I think I figured that. Nope. I was talking to Corey about how like that must be in a director's cut yeah. thing. That's not that's not Wait, in the theatrical cut okay. of the movie. Where it's Does crossed it at the beginning. No, in in the version that I saw, the director's cut, it's like you see Kevin Costner. You don't know it's Kevin Costner. You see a crusty guy crawling around covered in blood in the desert yeah and it's crossed back and forth that with him and the, flying, and the, the pi- flying the pilot that was on the dvd around. too and i don't think i had an option to choose theatrical mm. or i don't remember it that way but yeah we'll see Who, but you there. get you get a lot of that classic top gun action yeah. that we all love so much yeah he's he's a definite in Tom the director's Cruise of a guy who is just like 
let's fucking do this crazy shit because I'm retiring. Like, let's do. Yeah, yeah. And his buddies give him you like know, a swirly party. A shitload of buddies. Yeah. And, and they're being very bro y, too. They give him gifts. I, I enjoy this this sort of thing because, like, I, this is so you know that he's successful at being a fighter pilot and people like him. Mm-hmm. But they all like him so much. Like, he's he's talking to him and he's like, I just wanted to say. And they go, Yeah! <laughs> Everything that he says, and at one point he goes, "I never, I didn't know how hard it was going to be for me to leave you guys, but he's, man, he's but like I, trying not to I'm cry. I miss you." And they're like, "Yeah!" And they he give goes, him a watch, pricks one and all yep. to him, and they go, "Yeah!" They love him so much, they're cheering and everything. These guys, these are an easy, they're an easy crowd. They're good, they're good friends. They love him. I want to do my tight five in front of these guys. They're, yeah. they're very receptive. <clears throat> so yeah, but, but this he, is this is like five less. Than that five was like you the at the movie. end of the short run party when you were leaving, because <laughs> <laughs> I was the coolest yeah. guy there. <laughs> Absolutely. He goes to Mexico with his little tennis outfit. Dude, the legs on display here. Mm-hmm. He's, his short shorts are so good. His legs look great. He's yeah. looking good. He's good. I, lo- I love a man in, in some short shorts, white crew neck sweatshirt. Like, uh huh. Uh-huh. He looks. He's looking he good. Kevin Costner in the early nineties, really in the pocket. He could get it, as they say. He yes. could get it. Famously so. It's not like it was. Right. It was kind of his deal. It's no secret. Yeah. yeah he was. He was a hot guy. Um, but he was. A, I, th- I think he was still a pretty interesting actor at this point too. He got a little bit more. I don't know. Yeah. Well, his, buying his own bullshit type of thing. Dances with Wolves is a good movie. I do think Dances with Wolves is good, but we might have to do it on the Patreon at some yeah, point. We would. I've never seen it. Oh yeah. man, well. it's a it's this movie that uh, that was like huge and popular and won all the Academy Awards, and then I feel like shortly thereafter everyone started hating it. It Why? had like a snapback, and exactly. It, it, and then it, there's things that you could question about it, but it's absolutely a, it's a very well made. It's film. not like there's no reason at all, but and <clears throat> but I, I was one of those people for like eight, ten years, and then and then I watched it again after that. It was like, no, this movie's great. Yeah, it's really fucking good. <laughs> what, what what do I want from movies? I mean, honestly, there was a little bit of a, a lot. There was also like a snobby backlash to Dances with Wolves, not to get too off track, because it beat Goodfellas for Best Picture. That, oh yeah, what the yeah. hell? <laughs> now I hate it. It's not, it's not as good as Goodfellas. Not quite as good. <laughs> It's good. <clears throat> uh, oh man! But anyways, so he goes to Mexico. Do we know why he's friends with Adrian? Uh, because he saved his Anthony life once. Quinn? He saved his life once, and now like they're besties. And, and he, is he a cartel boss? He's just like vague. Do we find mob out? He seems mobby, but we don't really. I mean, if it's Mexico, there's drugs. Yeah, but you so, know, I don't think you ever see drugs in this. Not really. He's, but he is like you know a, a mafia. He's heavy. powerful. He's very people powerful. are scared of him. There's that one scene where he's talking to people, and and he's like, Did you, like, do you guys like? did you forget who I was? And then like yeah. shoots that guy and stuff. Yeah. So, that yeah. we, so that we God, go, it's really and, it's, violent. and it's after we see him be all like jovial and like, Oh, this is a good likable dude. And then we're like, Oh no, we should also be scared, scared of, him. of him. And Tiburon, his name's Tiburon Mendez. Tiburon means shark. Oh. And then he has a hot wife, Madeline Stowe. Miria. Madeline Stowe. Madeline Stowe. What is that? I don't know. That's how she talks. It's, we did the. I did an impression of Madeline Stowe, and it turned into that for the Blink episode. I believe it was. It was. There was no business like Stowe business. Was the name of the episode. No business <laughs> like that's a that's a good one. Oh, yeah. that's good. That's a good one right there. So that's and how I, Madeline Stowe talks. And aside from that, we also established that I'm a huge Madeline Stowe fan. Yeah. She's very pretty. I'm a big. I'm a Stowe head. You're Stowe head. I'm a Stowe away. Oh, a Stowe away. That's cute. <laughs> and she and she is. She's very beautiful. Really, she's very beautiful. At the peak of her powers in this movie. Yes. My God, doing an accent. She is. I mean, is she barely? Yeah. It's thank God that it's that she's choosing to do the more. It's like the a, low it's impact. like a genteel kind of it's like erudite. Oh, yes, I am from she Mexico. She enunciates very cleanly. You know, she's not trying to do authentic. Yeah, she's just sort what of what kind of accent-y. accent is she trying to do? Mexican, presumably. Huh. I you think she's a Mexican lady. In this. Huh. <laughs> so <laughs> she's she's Miria. hot, Miria. 
Um, so that's which Tibby's, means octopus. Tibby's, tr- tr- Tibby's trophy wife, Miria. They have this. They have this dinner where there's a bunch of people that he works with, and her, and and Kevin Costner, and the dinner is literally just like eighty percent like candles with huge flames. Uh-huh. So many candles. It's very Tony Amazing. Scotty and smoke. Well, I guess the candles okay. are putting out the smoke too, but everything is so smoky in this movie. Gosh, it looks I love a good candle great. scene. I love it. Yeah. And yeah, everything looks like someone's burning a frozen pizza in the other room. Yeah. Like, everything's just, like, very <laughs> hazy and smoky. Plants are everywhere, too. Lots of plants. Mm. Greenery. Ugh, the vibes. It mm. is, honest to God, I, 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 this is a strange movie that is not, I don't think is for a lot of people, but it is one of the better looking movies you'll ever I mean, see. Oh, yeah, it's great. Tony it's Scott really did, was not in the habit of making ugly films. No. Yeah. Even when they're, like, crusty, bloody desert yeah. dying movies like this. Uh... Anyway, she's unhappily married to Tibby because he doesn't want any children. Yeah, he also treats her like she's a and trophy he treats her wife, like too. Trophy, like, there's yeah. one part where he's like, what do you, smoking cigarettes? Only whores smoke cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that smoking in public. True. Smoking in public's for whores. That's yeah. for whores, and you're like, oh, I love you too, honey. Yay, what yeah. is so fun being married to you. Um, but then old she man was who like, calls me a whore. She does say that she was in love with him, though. But then she's like, and my sister's like everybody in love with was. him and everyone. It's because he was powerful he and charmer. had money. He yeah. is powerful and has money, but he's a charmer, too. Like, when he turns I it mean, on, we, he's I mean, I liked lovable. him at first when we first meet him, and he's, like, all stoked to see Kevin Costner, and he's just, like, kind of like a funny, rich, old schmo, and you're like, yeah, this guy. Yeah. And then we see that scene where he, like, shoots a guy, and then you're like, oh, shit, this guy is likable, but if you get on his bad side, he's going to fuck you up. He's yeah. a cartel guy. Yeah. Don't don't fuck with and Coster is a he's not naive either he's he I think he's aware of yeah everything that this guy is that's up why to. he initially was probably like I'm actually not staying here I have my own yeah place like he wants fu- to put a little bit of distance yeah he, he always does have a distance between he has a fun dynamic with him where Anthony Quinn or uh, it is Anthony Quinn yeah, right yeah. okay it's Aiden Aiden Quinn throws me Aiden off. Quinn what if uh, you thought it was Anthony Clark from like <laughs> The Rock oh I can't. Can't the, stop the, confusing the, him with the a- hairdresser from The Rock. Anthony Clark. <laughs> Would uh, you tell Picasso no brush? Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah. Um, Anthony Anderson. But he's, he's playing tennis with him when he first arrives, and you can see Anthony Quinn is constantly trying to kind of like get a little bit more power over him. But but Kevin Costner is constantly drawing lines about no, this is our friendship. We're a friendship. I know you're technically a more powerful man than me, but if the, if you're gonna like lord things over me, I don't have to stay. I can leave anytime yeah, I want. Yeah. Like this sort of thing, and and so the, he's always always constantly establishing boundaries with. And him he doesn't even like later. This ties in later when they're playing tennis with like. The shittier other guys that the cheat that are in like cahoots doing some sort of cartel shit, and they're cheating, and he's like, uh, Kevin Costner is like, you know, we we can't let them cheat, like that's not fair. And Anthony Quinn's like, well, you know, just let them have it. And he's like, no. So we know that Kevin Costner is like, even though he understands the power dynamics, he's not going to like sit down and let shit go wrong. Well, yeah. he will, but not on no, purpose. He really will. And not he, not he, intentionally. He's, he's got a little bit of a, he's a bit of a rogue and he's maybe stepping out of line around scary he's people He's a bit of a sometimes. maverick. During, I believe, during I believe he's dinner. a bit of a maverick, yes. A yes. bit of a maverick, if you will. I would use the word rakish. As far as guns are concerned, he's towards the top. Uh, but uh, but the, like that scene where, he, where they're having dinner, there's like a cartel buddies there, and he's he's treads the line of being disrespectful a couple times too. Yeah, and it's kind of like, you you kind of get the idea like, and it, and it makes sense because he pulls some he does some very bad judgment shit shortly yeah. after this, and you, and it's good to have that quality of like this guy is a bit dangerous. I think also there's also parts where he's like mouthing off to Tibby's friends and stuff, and being yeah. you know like. 
sort of the ugly American guy, like the you know, what's this fucking guy doing here? And Tibby is like, that's my buddy Jay. Yeah, you know, he's like into it. He's like, I love having this guy around because he just does whatever he wants. He's a fighter yeah. pilot, and he seems like a fighter pilot. Yeah. And he's in that badass. in that scene where where Tibby ends up killing that, those guys later, he was like, you insulted my friend who's here. Like yeah, yeah. he's like ready to defend it because I do think he looks at Costner as a sort of son. Yeah, and also like I think he kind of he like looks up to him. No, a little he thinks bit he's too, cool. You know? He likes his like you know Costner roguish, freewheeling like yeah, yeah, kind of like wanderer vibe. Yeah, yeah. I mean that he can't do because he's so powerful and so established. He can't just like take off and leave and wander around and do whatever he wants, even though he has yeah. all this power. Yeah, yeah. And just like imagine if you had a friend that was a fucking fighter pilot. I mean, fucking right. Like, It'd be I have cool. a friend. He's a fighter pilot. Everybody's like, whoa, really <laughs> neat. And he gives him his jet, his like top gun. Pretty crazy. At one point, Pretty and the guy, and you can yeah, tell yeah. he's like, he's like, wow, <laughs> cool man. Yeah. Uh, I did. I did want to point out during this scene where Kevin Costner's being, uh, you know, towing the line with the scary cartel guys. This line made me laugh out loud, where uh, the guy, one of the cartel guys, is going like. I, I killed the biggest jaguar the, in the entire world. It was nine feet tall. Do you know what I used to kill it? And Clifford Custer goes, your car? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, And he's mad. He's like mad. It was like one of those things where he's mad and then he laughs. He's like, ah. You know, that's all right. But that's that's very The idea of the guy just, just, so good. just running over the jaguar. With a jaguar, possibly. Possibly, yes. Uh, so that's fun. But, uh, but he's already getting himself into hot water just... Yeah. Basically, constantly. because how can you resist Madeline Stowe's I hotness? I don't know. You know, it's a damn yeah. good question. So they end up having a, a steamy affair, quite steamy. in great detail. Yes, it's there. Very there steamy. are multiple erotic sequences. There's a scene where they fuck in a moving jeep. Yeah, which seemed dangerous to on me. On the way to his cabin, his sexy so cabin. Basically, Anthony Quinn thinks there is something going on, especially when Madeline Stowe's like, "I am going away for the weekend and to I'm wherever, staying at my friend's I'm house." My friend's house, and then he has everything tapped because he's like a drug dude. So he hears the conversation she had with her friend, being like, "Just if anyone calls, I'm with you, yeah. but I'm not going to be with you." Yeah. And then his buddy, uh, good old. Costner, what's his name? Jay. Jay is going away, and Anthony Quinn's like, okay, I'm gonna see. Maybe, maybe it's not. He doesn't want it to be true. Yeah, yeah. He's like, will you fly me out, and we'll go, we'll hang out over here. We can get away. You know, we can just have a bros weekend. And Jay's like, no, no, I, I have to go to my cabin. I was really set on going to the cabin. Me and the dog. Me and Rocky are just gonna hang out in the cabin. Like that's it. Whatever. Yeah. Quinn knows. Quinn, Quinn knows. Quinn now. gives him a lot of cha- opportunities in this yeah, one. Oh, definitely. Uh, and then it's just sort of like, okay. Uh, one, of the, one of the things I like about this movie is that Quinn is a scary cartel guy. Oh, yeah. He's got feelings. <clears throat> yeah. He's genuinely. He wants I mean, friends. He does some obviously horrible, horrible shit, but, it's, but his feelings are hurt, you know? And you get lots of shots of him after having done horrible things being like sad. Like, oh man, yeah. I wish I didn't hadn't had to do these cruel. He's in literally everybody in this movie is incredibly sad all the <laughs> it's time, true. dude. Like, like unnecessary characters that we see and then are sad, and then we're like, okay, that's there are, there is a character in this movie who literally dies. He's so sad. I love that. So sad he's my he favorite dies. part of the movie. Oh, oh yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, but like, okay, so the Costner and Stowe, it's one of those things that they don't. They, they, it's just one of the, they're immediately gonna fuck each other. Yeah. Like you could, they just basically look at each other and like, well, we're gonna fuck, right? It's like I mean, totally last of the Mohicans. Like, uh oh, oh yeah, just shit. Oh fuck, well we're gonna fuck. It's only a question of when. And at one point he, she, she, like he resists mildly for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Remember when but he drops like fifty limes on the floor? Yeah, he's making lemonade but and he, doing a terrible job. Yeah, because a, it's all limes. It's limes. <laughs> yeah, that would be bad. <laughs> B, totally not. He lemons. drops like sixty of them on the ground. 
Yeah, it, it's just almost an erotic uh, lemonade making scene, except it's limes and they just drop them and they never get around to making. And them. then he squeezes one on the yeah. on the hand squeezer thing, and then she her hands like there too. And, and you're like so oh, close fuck. to fucking. It's, it's like, just like ah, it's shit. like ghost. It's like it's, ghost. oh yeah, it's a yeah. Only squeezing limes <laughs> into <laughs> lemonade. Oh boy! And then they finally consummate it just minutes later in a different scene where it's like a festival. Anthony Quinn's out by himself, like dancing around. And then they're in like a room. They're in like the coat. They're in the coat room, room yeah. And she's in famous they, places. And it's for just fucking. sort of like, like magnets going together, and they just instantly start <laughs> fooling around. And then, and then at a certain point, she slaps him. It's that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just like the the passions are just bubbling over. It's and they talk about this in the in the making of uh, feature that I watched after this, where it's Costner, Stowe, mm-hmm. and Tony Scott talking about just the sex. Right. So there's a solid ten minute chunk of this where they all just talk about sex, the sex scene, and what are they saying? Oh, I wanted to make a bloody hot sex scene. I'm trying to work on my, that's not far from what Tony Scott says. Yeah, he's like a, he's a gravelly he's dude. He's got a gravelly voice. Oh, I wanted to be the hottest sucking all those, fucking you ever seen. All those oh stogies that he's chewing on. Dude, was he wearing the ball cap? He's oh yeah. Pink? He's wearing the the salmon colored. I love it's that. got a couple like buttons on it or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh must smell like absolute hell. It probably smells like cigars and money. Yeah. Ah, yes. Cigars and money. Oh, it is all about the sex scene between the two of these guys. You just want to see them go out like jackrabbits. Yeah, I don't like that. But this documentary feature was like 20 minutes long, and half of it was talking about the sex scene. And apparently it wasn't... Just fucking... Apparently, interestingly enough, it was not all that planned out. He was just like, have them go at it. Well, I mean, they're both hot. They probably both thought each other were hot. It's it's fascinating. It wouldn't be hard to to fuck... uh, Kevin Costner no, no. In, the, in 1990. But I, it but would I, be hard because it's 2022 right now. So, and it would be hard. <laughs> You'd because have to travel through time. There you go. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I'm crazy. I'm crazy today. Woo. That's crazy. Pretty crazy. <laughs> Pretty crazy. <laughs> um, uh, but let, but yes, this this is a good 10 minute chunk where it's just sort of them hooking up over and over again. And to to my mind, the most. Um, this is one of those things where the sex scenes are very graphic without having that much nudity. There right, is some. Yeah. It's um, just like it's like, should I be watching? This? It's like oh, it's yeah. not like it's gross, real. but yeah. it's just like very like. Salacious. Oh, they're like okay, wow, okay. Ooh. Yeah. it's good stuff. Yes, uh, unhinged, not blocked out or anything like that. And he, he, Tony, would just have his three cameras going and just sort of like, you know, you're young, you're, you're young and you're hot. Enjoy each other, kids. You kids go at it. And uh, and indeed they did. In the scene uh, that, that that I was actually the most sort of like I was this is one where I was watching at work and going like Jesus Christ am I going to have to turn this off? <laughs> <laughs> where uh, they're in the jeep uh, and and this is where they're doing some classic movie driving fucking. But at one point he's like fingering her mm-hmm. and yeah. then putting his fingers in her her in his mouth. And man, that is just a thing you don't see in a mainstream. That is very horny. Hollywood movies. It <laughs> is very horny. With Kevin Costner. It was very horny. Like off roading on a Jeep, though? That'd be a little, a little it looks scary. Dangerous. A little you risky. Know? Yeah. She hops on top of him, too, and, you're, and you can see they're like swerving and shit like that. Mm. God, All the while, Rocky, the Golden Retriever, is just in the back. That's right. He's, he's just there for the ride. It's weird how you get used to having sex with in front of your pets. That's that's two famously two famous Kevin Costner vehicle sex scenes. Is there is there another one? Because of course we got No Way Out with Sean Young. No, the no there's the... no dog in that scene. <laughs> well, Kevin Costner. <laughs> hey, oh, yeah. like a raw dog. Oh boy, huh? oh boy, a Russian, a Russian dog. Spoiler. Yeah, I don't spoil it. <laughs> no, no, watch no, watch No Way Out if you haven't seen. It. It's very good. Um, so they yes. get to the cabin. 
This is all. Everything's very. Inevitable they get to the cabin. They movie. continue to have sex. Yeah. But then, Tibby's men show up. Beat the hell out of Kevin Costner. No, before they do that, they shoot. They, shoot they shotgun dog. the dog in the head, they and kill. you see the dog fly yeah. back. And yep. this is some sort of special effect. I don't know how they did it, but you yeah. can tell no, they just killed the dog. They just, <laughs> they just well, straight up killed a golden retriever. They, they also uh, they, so they really beat sad. they beat up Kevin Costner. They kill his dog. They slice Brutally. up Madeline Stowe's face, and they burn down the cabin. Yeah, it's fucked. It's like Fuck really that. like it's it happens scorched earth really. so fast, and they think they're just having a nice time. They, like move the mattress to the floor. There's once again, it's candles everywhere. Wait, and then this this shack is an old dry a love shack, shack that is also covered in it's like mosquito mosquito nets and stuff. So they would have died. They would have burned to death in anyways if Anthony Hopkins or Anthony Hopkins. God, Quinn. I'm just gonna call him Quinn. <laughs> if Quinn had like shown up, but they. But of course, every time you just choose a different Anthony. <laughs> I know it's a problem. It'd be a good bit. You ever seen? Yeah, the, just lean into it. You ever seen the Anthony Quinn ad where he's where he's uh, selling stuffed crust pizza? <laughs> Wait, really? No. Yeah, that's a real thing. We were just talking about stuffed crust pizza in the car, it's along like with bubble bath. A truly great actor eats his crust, eats his pizza the other way, and he starts eating Now that's crust crazy. Crust. No one does that. Yep. <laughs> Pretty crazy. So. That's Pretty what crazy. they were doing. I'll, I'll post it if I if I remember, but the, there's yeah, an rem- Anthony, yeah, Anthony yeah. Quinn for Pizza Hut I sent stuffed you the, crust pizza. I sent you the Conan O'Brien clip, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because you, you were threatening to post that too. So Cobb. Once once the Crimson Tide episode, <laughs> yeah, episode goes. That's right. That's right. We have to wait for the Crimson Tide episode. Anyway. Yeah. Little we got flashback. A lot, we got for a lot of good stuff coming, you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah. We so give and we give. All that terrible shit happens, but but somehow Kevin Costner survives. He buries his dog. He uh, cleans himself up. Well, no, he fi- he like no, he's just crawling around. He's in the crawling dirt. around the desert. Someone yeah. finds him. Co- Someone finds him. Yeah, this is one of those. This this happens in movies a lot of times. We're just honestly so lucky. This a nice, guy came a nice Mexican guy who lives <laughs> in the desert with his family picks he, him up and he, and he not only puts him back nurses together. him back to health, but they become buddies. Betty, and then yeah. he helps him with everything from yeah. here on out. He he somehow also has friends who he like. Who, this who movie's about John friendship. Leguizamo. Friendship and trust and bonds. Yeah, he really forms a friendship with this guy, and and I don't know. But he, uh, yeah, so he really got lucky. He's going to set out to get revenge on Anthony Quinn. Hence the title. And what's happening with Madeline Stowe? Oh something yeah, something fun. Something they take that, uh, her. Audiences would they take see? her to a brothel and get her hooked on heroin. And as Anthony Quinn says to her before he kills uh, the or before he gets rid of Kevin Costner, he's like, "You want to get fucked? You're going to get fucked fifty times a day." And that is indeed what happens to her. Um, For Christ knows how she, long. Uh, I, there is, she forms that, I mean, she's drugged as fuck, but there's the the person that gives her the drugs all the time. The madam. Yeah. Well, is that the madam or the... There's the madam and there's also a friend. The oh, friend, the friend. Who comes in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They're, they're, not, they're not mean. No, that person I think seems nice. Uh, yeah. Is sympathetic, but is also just like, can't help her or anything like no that. no she like doesn't want to take all the drugs and they're like well we can split them yeah. <laughs> and you just but get, we gotta t- we gotta get rid of these we have to do them somehow yeah this is the stuff why, why i couldn't watch this movie when i was a kid because it would be like on tv or something and it would and it, like oh revenge that's a uh, got kevin costner maybe i knew it was tony scott i don't know let's check this out and it'd always be like a scene where like madeline stowe's in a drug haze and some like fat dude's going like mira it's going to i'm going to have some fun with you and he's like und- and you see yeah. his like fat belly protruding and yeah. she's like oh no and i was like fuck that nope yeah it's yeah. very unpleasant change the channel it's a, it's a deeply <laughs> unpleasant movie and then so kevin costner goes out for revenge and he sort of 
has like a little travelogue of scenes in the middle, like smack in the middle of this movie that is like my favorite thing. My, favorite, my favorite part of the part film. Of the movie. Yeah. It's like a half hour dead in the center of this movie where the plot stops. It's a hangout movie. And so first he uh, he goes to this motel. Or no, first he meets the cowboy. Yeah, cowboy. at the bar. He meets this cowboy at the bar and it's James Gammon, the great James Gammon, uh, who has always been very old. I think yeah. in his entire life, <laughs> old and crusty from birth. But this is, without a doubt, the oldest and the crustiest this man has ever appeared. You can't get any crustier because he is at death's door the day that he's he just meets hacking, him. coughing, smoking. He meets, him, he meets him on the streets. He's he's got a horse and he's like, yes. get, he can't. He's so too. He can't sick get the horse into the trailer to like even have any control. So he like helps him with the horse and then he's like, "Thank you, Mister. That's great. Thanks, Kevin yeah. Costner. He you sounds like fucking Sling Blade. Yeah. Oh, do you want to like I drink mean, some beers and check out some chicks at the bar? Is what he's yeah. asking him. He's already been peeing bloody, you have to assume, like the moment that Costner meets him. <laughs> I mean, he's, I think he's like, been doing clock, that for years. The clock is ticking on this fucking guy, and, and, and you know, you, you meet crusty guys like this in movies all the time, but, but Costner, this is like the real like, deal. He's like looking for cover, basically, because, yeah. you know. And this is like another around. American, so he's like, alright, like, yeah. it's nice to hear a friendly voice or whatever. They get, they get like a motel room and stuff, and they're hanging out, and drinking, uh, playing pool, drinking, smoking. Yeah, and like, you know, and, and James Gammon is like, Giving him some rules of the road and some some healthy life lesson advice, you know. <laughs> I forget if he. What's the thing he says at the bar? It's like, gosh, it's the most fucked up. I can't remember right now. Uh, uh, but he's like, you know, saying like, you know what, I, you know. He's like giving him all this like cowboy wisdom. Yeah, and uh, he's like, he's like, let's go get laid. Let's go like yeah, talk to chicks. Like, whatever. Nah, I'm gonna stay here. Yeah. The one line that I, one of the lines that I have written down is that he's just talking to him in the bar at this after he's yeah, yeah. He's just like, I've been from Montana to Mexico hauling shit for assholes. Then <laughs> Kevin Costner goes like, Man, I missed America. I missed Americans <laughs> in the way that they talk. Yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. And then he meets well. Does he meet Sally Kirkland before or after he leaves the cowboy? I don't remember right now. I think now. it's around the same time. They're kind of just in the yeah, same. Yeah, they're in the, in the time. same hotel because Sally Kirkland is like this, like <laughs> this rock and roll chick who's hanging out in this oh, hotel. It's because there's a there's a con there's like a show yeah. and coming, she's a and so there's a bunch of like rockers that come, and she like is this one of her like cat. Yeah, she 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 can't find her cat, and she's yelling at yeah. the concierge or concierge <laughs> the bellhop. I don't know. Who knows? And uh, uh, Kevin Costner finds the cat because the cat is just right it's there. Just right there. Scoops, <laughs> scoops the cat up. Yeah, and then she's like, "Well, hi, cowboys!" Like she starts flirting with Kevin Costner. She and does, then, she uh, says to the cat, "Like thank the nice cowboy, kitty yeah. cat." Then, but he's like halfway out the door at that point. Yeah. And they're, <laughs> they're all hang, they're hanging out in the bar, and Kevin Costner sees the guy with the spurs, who's one of the dudes that killed he, yeah, him. Yeah, he recognizes killed, the shoes and the, the spurs. Blew up his house. And he has a knife that his friend who saved his life yes, gave to him. Gave to him, says, perfect for cutting the balls off of your enemies. Yeah. yeah. And this guy he, is such a good friend. He go, he follows this dude <laughs> into really the bathroom, is. and the dude doesn't recognize him right away, and he just fucking guts him. He just and then as soon as he ass. recognizes him, he's like, oh, amigo. Yeah. He like gets excited to see. <laughs> this dude yeah. <laughs> he might not have remembered he, he like maybe it's like a case where he recognizes him but doesn't know what he recognizes right him he's this guy's my i recognize him yeah. he's, oh hey. no he's a, oh no wait you were supposed to be dead he cuts <laughs> this guy up real good yeah he really does yeah it's he a just, violent movie because the knife isn't like a huge ass knife either no. so he really has to like get yeah, in, he's there. Getting in there and then uh and then he like hurries up and like washes off his hands and yeah. it, like takes off his shirt and you could tell he's kind of panicking like I gotta do this quick I'm in the fucking bathroom of this bar someone's gonna come in yeah so the scorched earth revenge plan that sur- surely is going to be the plot of the third 
the the last third of this movie. This the, it's surely going to be Kevin Costner going and killing him off one by one and getting his revenge, right? No, no. We all know how movies work. That's <laughs> no, instead, definitely what happens. Instead, he goes into he hides in the the rocker chick's room, Sally Kirkland's room, and playing she, cards. She this starts, is my favorite part. She starts coming on to him, and he's like, "Look, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to fuck you. But if you don't shut up." I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> yeah, but there's a, a, a absolutely tremendous part where they're playing cards on, yeah. on his bed, and she does some sort of cheating thing. Card, and, th- and they're both being not nobody saying a word. They're both in perfectly tranquil spirits, <laughs> and she like does some sort of cheating card thing, and then he just picks up his gun and points it at her, and she goes, "All right," and then like picks up the card. <laughs> it's just like, what's the fuck weird. kind of movie is this? And she, but she's so like, weird. She's deep, deep in groupy melancholy. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, they they leave. He leaves with the cowboy the next day. I did want to point out. So after he kills that guy uh, in the bar, this is this is why, and this is another great great friend for Kevin Costner. But he's in he's a little rattled because he just murdered a guy probably for yeah. the first time, and uh, and he goes. Uh, well, what's the matter with you, amigo, or whatever? And he goes, I, I killed a man I hated today. Yeah. And he goes, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> He's, He's like, let there. me know if He's you want to talk about it. And he just leaves. He doesn't have any questions. It's so good. Like, He's like, I'm going to be dead within minutes. So, I mean, I can't really fuss over every little in, thing. Indeed, that's true, because they're driving down the road the next day. And uh, they he's need to like, go, like sell a horse. They're gonna the sell the horse, yeah. This and, is incredible. And he just he's like, hey, hey, uh, hey, buddy, how you doing? And he looks over, and James Gammon is just dead. And, and shortly before that, too. Oh God, it's shortly before that he goes, how do I look, man? And he goes, like a survivor, baby. Oh, <laughs> great. Friendship. I mean, I, I love this stuff. And but then also he's <laughs> they, they're selling the horse to a guy. And the guy comes by, and he's like, hey, can you handle some of the business for me? Because he can I can't talk. feel my legs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the guy that they're yes. selling the horse to is the cheater from the tennis court. That's right, yes. Oh, yeah. And they kind of recognize each other. Yeah. But I just love, I mean, he is just dying on his feet, essentially. Like, some people get, get a hospital bed or whatever, and this guy is in the, dying in the midst of a horse trading. This is with a new friend, you know? Yeah. New, and then Kevin Costner uh, buries him it. in a shallow grave in the desert. Doesn't pile, he just pile cover rocks. rocks? Rocks, yeah. yeah. And then uh, takes the horse trailer and And his go. money. He's got a bunch of money. Got a bunch yeah. of money now. He keeps and on accruing, and he's good. got a gun. Yeah. He keeps accruing tools and money from people and stuff and then to he, he, aid in his yeah. elaborate revenge plan that he's certainly but, going to do. No, because... no, because He's definitely going to get ne- revenge. The next thing he does is he goes to uh, to another motel where he's just holing up for the night, and John Leguizamo and Miguel Ferrer show up Fuck yeah. out of nowhere, and they're <laughs> like, hey, Mr. Cochran, we know who you are, and we know that you want revenge on Tiburon Mendez, and we are going to help you do that. They literally are just ready to help. That guy well, who saved his life, is he's there, he works. For, they work for him. Yeah. yeah. This guy is amazing. He's so much of a friend. And also, they have beef with Mendez, too. Yes. Uh, and it's, I forget what Miguel Ferrer's name is in this, but John Leguizamo plays his buddy, his cousin Nacho, who doesn't speak English no, and barely yeah. talks at all. No lines for leg. Yeah, no lines no for lines. legs. No lines for except legs. At, except at the end when, like, there's this really cool scene, another great bro moment in this movie where, like... They, where John Leguizamo, like, he's, he, like, pours his heart out to Kevin Costner, and Miguel Ferrer's like, he's never said that much in his whole life, and it's like, you know, I'm your friend forever, and we're <laughs> going to be best buddies. It's so good. 
Any movie with uh, Miguel Ferrer that's a net positive? Yeah. Yeah, he's great. There's a term for, ba- I can't remember what it is, but basketball players who just like, whatever, through whatever metric, whenever they're on, they're a benefit to their team, and oh. he's one of those, he has like the highest rating. They call it wins above replacement in baseball. Th- yeah, wins above replacement, yeah. and he, he is as good as it gets with, I love Miguel Ferrer. Yeah. They call it war, actually. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's the amount of games that you would win, that, that you're not winning if you don't have that guy on the team. Yes. Basically. Imagine being that guy. That would feel really good. Yeah. Miguel Ferrer? Uh, just being the or guy who being is the, guy the, who... the war. The clutch player. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then they that's kind of like where the action of the movie either, so you could call it stops or you could call it starts, but like they hang out for a while. And then, uh, like they keep they keep showing up. Don't they? Doesn't Coster kill one more dude? Yeah, probably. I think we mixed up earlier. the The boot guy was not the guy we talked about earlier, but right, he sees the, the boot, boot guy, guy later. Now. Yes. Yeah, because he tells Miguel Ferrer about the boot guy. The and boot then guy. They go ahead and do, right. Kill they kill him. that guy, and then, uh, but then Miguel for or Miguel Ferrer and and John Leguizamo were like, "Yeah, we know where he is now. We know where we know where Madeline Stowe is, and we know where Anthony Quinn is. So let's go get him. She's yeah. in a whorehouse. Yeah." Miguel Ferrer is doing, I mean, I love the guy, but he's doing the worst Mexican accent you've ever heard in your entire life. <laughs> and sometimes he's not doing it, and some he's either doing a terrible Mexican accent or not doing it at all. It's, yeah. Doesn't matter. He's great. Yeah, the accents aren't uh, aren't very clutch in this <laughs> at all. And then there's this, uh, the, the last 15 to 20 minutes of this movie are absolutely fucking mind-blowingly great. I think I stopped taking notes at this point. Because, like, they, they go and they, they find out where, where Anthony Quinn is, like, going on, a, like, a hunting whatever daily constitutional on horseback yep and uh fucking john leguizamo buries himself in the dirt camo style badass and nukes the dude who's one of timmy's bodyguards just shoots him right off his horse it's fucking amazing it's scary he jumps out of like the the bramble and the brush he's in like a spider hole and he he fucking just shreds this dude and then and then anthony quinn and kevin cosner have a tense bro showdown it's a little sad but they're like he's like why did you do that you know uh you do anything that was my wife why did you oh he was like are you gonna ask are you gonna ask forgiveness forgiveness? for stealing my wife yeah and And he he does. does he totally does and anthony quinn tells him where they can find her and they don't they don't kill each other loved it i loved it and then he forgives him yep they forgive each other, and then Kevin Costner goes and finds <laughs> Madeline Stowe She's in a at convent at the convent now, where they've, he got, they've moved she got her. too sick to fuck. Yep. Yeah. And uh, he blows away all the nuns. It's fine. <laughs> finally we get some kick-ass action and vengeance no, <laughs> with no, a no, samurai no. sword. Yeah. Um, no, they find her in the convent, and Kevin Costner embraces her, and she dies. He picks her up. She sets like, her down. <laughs> picks her up. He carries her to like a bench, and she goes, "I love you." Boop, Guys, dead. The end. <laughs> that's and that's the fucking end. And that's the, the end. end of the movie. Yeah, uh, he did get revenge. Sort of. Sort of. Against some of the against some <clears throat> of the people that don't people really that were just matter. Doing their jobs. He met a lot of friends along the way. The real revenge was the friends he made along the yeah. way. To be honest, though, for real. Maybe the titular revenge is from Anthony Quinn's revenge. This Maybe is, that's what the revenge is. But I don't think Anthony to. Quinn felt good about anything he did either. At well, the end. that's the moral, isn't it? Revenge is uh, not good, or it's a, <laughs> whatever. It's, yep, that's what they Re- say. Revengers never prosper. It's a dish that's not good to eat. It's a, it's a dish that sucks ass. It's a dish that's best not served. Just don't serve it at all. Don't serve it at no. all. Nobody likes revenge. Some people have revenge allergies too, so you got to be careful. You really got to ask around. Yeah. A blow up, you know. He had a hospital. Their throat, their throats close off and mm-hmm. shit like that. Yeah. You gotta have an epipen. Their eyes get Those all. People, pissed. just let them die. Jeez, I'm just <laughs> saying, you know. 
Come Aller- on. Allergic to revenge? What kind of person Back in are my you? day, none, no kids were allergic to revenge, and we did fine. Yeah. <laughs> no. In Europe, they're not at all allergic to revenge. Is that true? Yeah. Interesting. Makes you think. Uh, well, yeah, that's the, that's the whole movie. It's not particularly long. It is uh, long. It's two it's hours two and 15 hours. minutes. Oh, shit. The director's cut is an hour and 40. It's a lot shorter, yeah. Oh, Damn, I really, I really wonder like what I watched. like very different. I don't know what I watched. It's, it's about two hours and 15 minutes long in the theatrical cut. Huh. I'm pretty sure... Actually, it's, I don't it's just know a what lot I less slowly paced, too. Hmm. I felt like this pace... Was, Oh my god! Can I fucking talk? I wish I you felt, would. I know. Me too. Uh, never mind. Maybe you, got, you got too much sleep. Right? Yeah, way too much sleep I think last I night. Did. Overslept. I think I just feel too good to be my <laughs> usual self. <laughs> um, no. Do we have any more lines from this movie? Oh boy! Well, I mean, thought uh, you'd do almost anything. I didn't write her. down any. Etiquette demands that I kill him. That's like his etiquette. There's because there's a lot about the like the what honor about the protocol? Whatever is. Uh, like a survivor, baby, cutting your balls after. Yeah, no, I think we pretty much got it. We pretty much got them all. Uh, I did want to. I did want to point out there was a, a really uh, uh, amazing line that I very much agree with. This was in the um, the fantastic making, like twenty minute long but incredible making of featurette that they probably shot probably fifteen years after this movie. And Madeline Stowe's just talking about Tony, and she goes, "He's a freak with the camera." He's a freak of nature. <laughs> so good, Tony, Tony, Tony. Oh, and I was like, "Yeah, that's right. He is a he." I mean, this movie is fucking gorgeous and incredible. And it also makes me wonder: can can you? Is it even possible technically to make movies look like this anymore? Is there something? Is there some reason why they don't make movies that look like this anymore? Because people uh, I are think fucking that, lazy. I and think love that there are they multiple reasons. But yeah, I think digital photography doesn't look this good. I think that Tony Scott, you know, is a music video advertising guy, and he's very young and not young, young, but he's at an early point in his career. Yeah, it's very eighties. You know. Yeah, I'm, they just like just also he's dead now. R.I.P. So oh, nobody's yeah. making movies that look like this any longer. Even if you look at like Unstoppable. Like right up to the end, he was making these gorgeous movies. Yeah, yeah and just an so like, just on a fucking train. It looks so good. Or like Domino. Say what you will about the structure oh, and editing of that movie. You guys, I, I just watched say, Domino. Some people hate it. I've grown to really love it. But I just watched Domino for the first time. What do you think? Pretty uh, fucking great. It was too much for me. Thank yeah. you. And I ad- I admired how much it was. Uh huh. But I, I and I love over the top stuff, and it just I couldn't I couldn't get on with it but i but i was like th- that this does exist is is cool i would say i would it. say that uh like i when i first saw it i hated it yeah and after like the third or fourth viewing i've come around to really loving it but you have to it's that's interesting a commitment. that when you hate something like you say you continue to watch it three well, or it's four a, more it's times. a tony scott movie and i'm like why <laughs> am i hating on this you know what i mean like maybe you know it's like one of those with, with a movie like that this is a thing that i do anyway but yeah if something if i respond to something that strongly from, uh, then you're into, you're fascinated with why, and then you want to watch like, it more. I was kind of fascinated, by it, and I read a lot from people who did like it, and I was like, I was sort of compelled to go back and and check it out and see if I felt differently. More like questioning, not not what did I miss, but like, okay, well, obviously all these decisions that I didn't like were done for a reason. So what was the reason? And then right, I start right. putting the movie together, looking at more in the way that hopefully he was looking at it when he was making it getting a little more into it and stuff like that. I really like that movie a lot now, but I totally get why people don't like it. Yeah. yeah. 
but that's, we are not like, here to talk about Domino. No. I don't want to. I don't want to see a panic attack simulated on film. I, I don't enjoy them, frankly. And uh, I enjoy them I'll, sometimes. Avoid, really? Domino does have that's one of amazing. my favorite shots in that's all like of his superpower. movies, and it's in the end credits because everybody in Domino gets photo credits. Like you see. But you you see them just by their first name. Yeah, I liked that they did that. that and then the cool. last credit is the real Domino Harvey, mm-hmm. and there's a big helicopter crash at the end of that movie, and it's her with the helicopter crash behind her in front of the big building where the end takes place. And Domino Harvey died yeah, like right before away. that movie came out. Yeah, Jesus Christ. and it's like we were talking about this on the Patreon for True Romance, and I think if you watch Domino, you feel the you hopefully would feel the same way that like. He loves Clarence in Alabama, and he loved Domino. He loves his characters for sure, and he yeah. wants us to love his characters too. Which, um, which there's almost a works. there's almost a paternalistic affection for Domino in that movie. Yeah, but the, but it's also I feel like that there's so much misogyny in that movie. Oh God! Even, well, let's talk about misogyny since we're talking about revenge. <laughs> well, we got. I don't know. I feel like it was so. It was a lot worse well, in my brain in Domino. Yeah, you think so? But maybe that's because we were given a female main character, so mm. it was kind of puts you in a different POV. Anyways, we're not talking. Okay, <laughs> we should focus because if we're going to talk about Domino, we should we should put that behind a paywall. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> but I think that this movie is pretty misogynistic, but not in a like not in I would say like an ugly way. But I mean, she's a token. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just she's the trophy wife, yeah, and her deal is that she's sexy. And that's her whole deal. That's pretty much her deal. Like at the end when she's like, "I love you," and dies. It's like oh, she's she's, li- she's, she's literally just a tool for that's him to to do his journey. So yeah. basically, she without without a sexy hot babe there, he wouldn't have to go on this like yeah. amazing she's thing MacGuffin. that we watch. So yeah, that's what, and therefore she has really truly no agency in yeah. in the story and as a person there. So. There's and some then, there's some more fun misogyny in Last Boy Scout, but we'll oh, get to boy, that. Oh yeah, boy, I I think I can weigh <laughs> in on that a little bit better because I've seen that movie a thousand times um Uh, but for this one how about ratings i'm gonna give this five juds hell yeah dog one of my all-time favorite films i will watch this again and again and again uh it does everything that i want it to do it's portentous and macho and uh, silly and gorgeous it's just a perfect it's a perfect movie true all things true uh i'm gonna give it four douglases for all of the uh for all of the steamy sex scenes, all of the rough sex talk, all of the mean misogynistic stuff, sad Sally Just Kirkland, solid blocks of this movie devoted to know, rape. Yeah, all the sexual assault, all of the all of that stuff. It's very very yucky. Mm-hmm. Um, I could probably go as high as five, but I'm not because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of nudity. Yeah, there is nudity, but it's it's more. Um, yeah. I don't know. Hard to explain. Yeah. But you'll know when you see it. You'll know when you see it. And I'm going to give it uh, 10 out of 10 dead cowboys. God damn, man. What a a way to die. There's almost something... Aspirational in the way I mean, that, that I, guy died. I, think I don't that, know. I think that the, I found it fascinating. It's written. It's based on a novel, on a novella by Jim Harrison, who wrote Legends of the Fall, also. Right. And I think that there is some real cowboy elegy shit going on there in that scene. Yeah. Legends of the Fall, also very romantic tragedy type stuff. Yeah. Sweeping romantic tragedy horse shit that he loves. So that's that's his deal. I believe he really liked this movie, right? Uh, you know what? I don't know. I think I think uh, when that Wikipedia article that I read, he was like, oh, that was, they did it. They got it right. Okay. Sort of thing. But most people did not like this movie. No, it, it currently is like thirty-five percent. Apparently, on even Tony Scott did not really like it because this is the the theatrical cut was not his cut. Yeah, interesting, weird. It was the producer cut, Ray Stark. 
Uh, I'm going to give it three Judds. Um, it's hard. I mean, it is one of those things where this is the movie that it wants to be. Or maybe, I, I guess the director's cut is the one that Tony Scott wanted, presumably. I mean, he, he went back, cut. you know, 20 years later and recut it that way. This yeah. this cut was basically taken, the theatrical cut was taken away from Scott and, and cut by uh, Costner and a producer named Ray Stark. What the fuck is with Costner? Costner was just doing that <laughs> shit from the onset, honestly. Yeah. And and in the um, it's I always find this interesting about Costner because he seems like such a basic burger bitch. Um, but like in uh, in the he, he that dude will talk. I mean he's a he's a director. Yeah. He made good movies and stuff like that, and he knows his shit. But it's funny watching Kevin Costner talk about the craft, <laughs> the craft of film and stuff like that. I want to hear him talk about the craft of the movie. He does. Oh, he yeah. t- you can watch this. You can watch this. Uh, the the, uh, the little making of featurette where he talks about sex scenes. No, and stuff the like movie that. The Craft. Oh, the, oh, I see what you mean. <laughs> I want to hear Kevin Costner talk to, about the Mr. craft. Costner, Mr. Costner, what do you have to say about the movie The Craft? He, I, I bet he would go on. He, I he bet seems he would. to enjoy this. something. He seems to enjoy the sound of his own voice. He definitely enjoys the sisterhood in, in that movie a lot. <laughs> sure he does. <laughs> Can uh, vouch. Yeah. Can vouch. Just like on Yellowstone. Oh, boy. Great show. The best show, possibly. No. Mm. You don't think it's the greatest show ever made, Matt? No. I've never Jesus seen it. fucking Christ. No, it's a good show, though. I watch it... I, I watch it Religiously, he's when it's on, a, I will he's watch doing it. a, a bear, uh, raspy voice in that show, right? He's doing a lot of good stuff in that show. Yeah, good old, good old Taylor Sheridan, uh, current king of portentous macho bullshit. Fair Love enough. it. He's also got a show called Mayor of Kingstown about uh, about a, the Jeremy Renner plays like a fixer who handles stuff for a local prison. Mayor of Kingstown. Yeah. Mm. Mayor of Easttown. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, shit. Exactly. Fuck. You've come to that Bold. joke. You've come to that joke two and a half years late. <laughs> I didn't know the other one existed until just now. Yeah, that's why you got to keep up with the Joneses or I'm the mayors too busy as they will. Up with the Kardashians. Uh, but anyway, that it that is show. It's a full time job. It's really hard. These ladies are out there. <laughs> There's all so over many the place, of them. I'm telling you, the mayor of Kingstown program is, is 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 significantly more bleak. I would say that it is possibly as bleak as the movie we just talked about. Mm. Fuck. Anyway, uh, anyways, uh, I, okay, one, okay. So just how many? To conclude, how my, many to conclude my thoughts. Uh, three, three Juds. I, it, it's a shockingly the the word the version that I watched a shockingly non crowd pleasing kind of movie, which is to its credit to a certain degree. But at the same point, I am a part of a crowd. Mm-hmm. I want movies to do things. <laughs> you were like I wanted it to please me. I want movies to please me, and this movie does not please me. It's a just. It's just. It is what it is. It's like there's nothing. If anything, we're making the plot sound more complicated than it is. Yeah. It's just nothing, and then it ends on a bleak, like wet fart sort of thing. Oh and you're God. like, goodbye. And you're like, oh, thanks. Thanks a lot. Thanks for that movie, guys. Um, Pretty great. Also, just before I, before I get to my well, okay, I'll, I'll fold it in with Douglas's. It's obviously four or or more. I'm just gonna give it four because the mm-hmm. relative lack of nudity. But man, oh man, that really does happen where he puts his fingers in her mouth. It's just a why. It's just a hell of a thing. Oh no, I I love it. It's it's just a hell of a thing to see. Yeah, I was very surprised. And uh, but I also wanted to to point out that Madeline Stowe did retire from acting, and then came back in uh, the late aughts on a little TV show called Revenge. Mm -hmm. Huh? Yeah. Interesting. Had like three seasons or something like that, and she was the bad guy on a TV show called The Revenge. Cool. Yeah, and her her husband on the show was Kittrich. Oh, Kittredge, you never see me very upset. Yeah, exactly. So, that so that's Why? fun. And, uh, Jesus. Uh, I'll, I'll take this one. 
I'll give it 10 out of 10 blown away dogs. Oh, <laughs> Rocky R.I.P. What a Rocky. good boy. I had I kept on because the special I don't I was trying to figure out what special effect they used to depict it uh-huh. and I kept on rewinding it to watch it again and Corey was like stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh yeah oh yeah right right, right. Sorry, sorry. Every time someone pokes it in your office you're I, either watching porn or yeah. someone fucking shooting Just a dog over and over again. You goddamn, you goddamn psycho. You goddamn psycho. <laughs> like, oh, I'll come back. Travis, God. Something's up with Travis. <laughs> something's wrong. With, we need to talk about Travis. I'm doing this for research. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give it four Judds because I really, really liked it. I think it's an awesome looking movie. I liked all the little vignettes in it, like his just hangout t- stuff in the middle of it. And it was just, it has, it has balls for being so, so bleak, I think. Yeah. To be so bleak and to look so good, you know? Yeah. I'm going to go... Okay, you guys, I'm only going to give this three and a half Douglases. Damn. Because I feel like my personal Douglas scale, I need to be more really grossed out almost. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to be a little more fucked up. And I know there's like sh- like the rape and the, the brothel stuff. And there's like some really raunchy stuff. But it's just... It Raunch. Didn't, it didn't make me like really skeezed out and mm-hmm. I feel like I need to be a little more skeezed out to, to give it um, another Douglas um, but three and a half solid that's very solid though it's fair it's definitely the highest the highest Douglas rating that you've given I think so show, yeah for sure um, we'll fix that y- yeah I dare I mean, you guys I hope so <laughs> and then I'm gonna give it um, one knife perfect for cutting the balls off your enemies <laughs> thank you everybody should have at least one you excellent need at work. least one excellent work all right, so considerably less bleak, yeah, but still not like super happy movie as the last the Boy last Scout. Boy Scout. <laughs> another well, another all time favorite of this gentleman. This ain't no game, Flash. Joe Hellenbeck's a private detective who's run out of luck. If you touch me again, I kill you. Two for two. Told you. Jimmy Dix. I like bricks. Oh! Is an ex-quarterback who was thrown out of football. Another tragic tale of wasted youth. You're nobody. Shh. Don't tell anyone. They were trying to clean up their acts. You vacuum. I'll dust. When they got dragged into the dirty world of sports corruption. So you're going to bribe some senators to legalize gambling? Legalize. Sports gambling. Now. Son, we're going to a ball game. They've got one shot. What am I going to do? Point at the bad guys and shoot! To get the goods. It's I good. love this movie. It's good. I have seen this countless times. I have purchased it on every home media format. Oh wow! I had it on tape. I had it on laserdisc. I have it on. I had it on DVD. I have it on Blu-ray. I will be buying this again if they put out a 4K. It's just, <laughs> I am in love with this movie. It's one of my favorite childhood films. Yep. I must have seen this six times in the theater. Like, oh god, I love this movie so much. This movie yeah. means a lot to me. Oh wow! It's yes. Also from the great Shane Black. My favorite screenwriter. And the great Shane Black. Mm. Uh, th- this movie is important to me for many reasons. Of course, uh, we were talked about this over the text. This was like at the time when it came out. I just liked movies like this. There's lots of movies like this. 
Shane Black oftentimes wrote them. Yeah. And Bruce Willis was oftentimes in them. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was just sort of like, it's that kind of nihilistic, cool action movie that they were making in the late 80s and early it's 90s. definitely a cool guy movie. Cool guy movie where there's quips and shit like that. I love Dude, it. Dude, Bruce Willis is a is such an asshole in this he's movie. He's so fucking funny He in is this movie. such an asshole, but I do, I do love a Bruce Willis. I have only seen this once before in like 2016 or something. So it does not mean much to me. Yeah. But it means a lot to you guys, and I respect that. Because mm. you're my friends. Never get tired of this one. This was important to me when, when I was younger, being that uh, the only, th- at least to my mind, the only thing that I had going for myself was my sense of humor. And Bruce Willis's super superpower is essentially his sense of humor in this movie. <laughs> he's a funny guy. It's he's a fun, thing. funny guy. But he's also wildly depressed. And like an he's... Extreme, like a genuinely sad man. Much more realistically depicted than in other movies. Like, we just watched End of Days, uh-huh. and that is the sort of, like, idiot's version of this sort of shit. We're like, see? <laughs> he's got a fucking... Bl- he puts that shit in the blender. He doesn't care anymore, and that's as far as they're willing to go. Like, this guy However, feels... However, the, the best line in all of End of Days is when she offers him the pills. He's like, no thanks. I drink. That could have come right from this <laughs> That could have come from this one. But, like, I, I watched this movie, you know, 50 times when I was a yeah. kid. And then I and then I went for a little while without watching it and watched it again like ten years ago, and was and it and then and I liked it even more yeah. because I was like that shit is feels real. Bruce Willis is the smile smirk emoji, <laughs> in this in he, this. But then he's also the frown smirk emoji too. He's I think he's way more the frown smirk. He's like absolutely miserable. I mean, like one of and the he first, makes everyone else miserable. One of the first, I think maybe his very first line of dialogue. Well, no, it's not his very first, but one of his first lines of dialogue in the movie is when he goes, he looks in the mirror of his car and he just goes nobody likes you everybody hates you you're gonna lose you're gonna lose that shit is very real to me as a person who went through crippling debilitating depression for a solid 15 years that is a real thing yeah that i would like not exactly those lines but that's a thing that you you'd do. think to yourself yeah it's a thing mm-hmm. that you think to yourself to get through your day yeah <laughs> and i think shane i'm pretty goddamn sure shane black is writing this stuff from yeah. a real perspective. I'm sure. He's also, a famously he also, troubled uh, man. Also, f- about the fucking the squirrel to death. He wrote that from from experience. <laughs> that too. is a thing that you do if you're depressed. Yeah. You you don't know. It's the thing is you don't know if you fucked the squirrel to death. Yeah, yeah. You might have though. It's always a possible. It's just, I mean, we'll get to we'll get to him in due time. But this is this is one of the most quotable movies. Of all time. It's also like 100% the goofiest shit I've ever seen. It's, it's crazy. very goofy. Uh, the yeah. combination of elements of like this se- severe, like how interested Shane Black is in, in, in the misery of these mm-hmm. characters. Like there's so much time is devoted to it, way more than the typical movie like this. And then it's also fucking crazy in it's, addition to all that. Like, think of, like the way that this movie opens is one of the damnedest things in Billy Blanks. R.I.P. Dude, Tybo fame. My mom had all the Tybo tapes when I was little and mm-hmm. I, would rem- I would remember doing them with my mom when I was like eight or something. That's very cute. <laughs> First of all, it opens with that killer Monday Night Football, except it's Friday, Friday Night Football. Night's a great night so good. Football. That guy's That's name is fucking rules. Bill Medley, and he was in the Righteous Brothers. Yep, dude, it slaps. And uh, it's, it's, it slaps. It's the, gonna be a hell of a night. What right into the smoky locker room? Michael Kamen score, Lethal Weapon ripoff score. Oh man! And the coach is right yelling the at the players, and he's like, uh, "We gotta go out there. We gotta fuck." Kick their asses! I hate Cleveland. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm like the first time I saw it, it was like I'm in love. I'm in love. I love this movie. It's so good. Deeply. 
And then that whole opening sequence where he's in the fucking football game in the rain and he pulls like, out the gun. He gets gun. a call. He already oh. looks like he's not doing good, Billy Blanks. And then he gets Man. a call from Milo. It turns out Milo, Milo. one of the better second-tier bad guys Well, he, Well, there. all Shane Black always, the main villain is the main villain, but the bad guy is always like the henchman. The henchman who's way more brutal. Is always, and, and more interesting and more fun. Uh, and he and he is a, a great one, but he you hear him over the phone going like, "Hey, you better win the game." Yeah, you, you better <laughs> like, not miss that, an, another whatever. Exactly. And the guy's like, "Well, shit." And he's uh, and he's doing drugs, and he's clearly like frazzled. But they also you you also find out from the commentators who are famous football people. Yeah. I don't remember another fucking. It's name. uh, Dick, Dick it's Lynn Swan and Dick Butkus, yeah. and there's one other guy. And uh, and they're like, "He's been having a hell of a game." Like, yeah. I, I think they even specifically say like the team's doing bad, but he's doing really good. Yeah. And, it's, yeah. and it, so he really ruins that for himself goes out on the field one of the th- i mean this is one of the best looking to my mind one of the best looking movies ridley or tony only made two movies with his cinematographer and mm-hmm. i think it's like his two possibly his two best or at least most interesting what was looking the other ones one? um the car one the car one <laughs> days of thunder there we go so it's jeffrey kimball no it's not jeffrey kimball kimball did I don't uh, know his name too but this, but this movie is fucking surreal looking. Yeah. And during this particular scene, I mean, obviously this is probably Tony's choice. It's noteworthy that there are no lights on mm-hmm. at this football game. That is how invested in the style and the look of this movie that like something truly preposterous happens where they're playing football at night in the rain with, with no, no lights. lights on. Just because it looks cooler. Also, and it whenever Tony Scott stages a sporting event, it's in pouring rain. Pouring like rain. The, the rain like always the looks fan. so good. We're going to have to make a note of whenever you get Tony Scott rain. It's in the it's fan. T- it's in the fan. It's in this. Yeah. It was notably not in True Romance, which was interesting. Ward Russell is the cinematographer. Yeah. The GP for Ward this. Ward Russell, yeah. Uh, Days of Thunder... One of the X Files movies. Days, Days of Thunder is an, is a similarly a similar movie where you're like, this this looks like another another universe or something. It looks so fucking weird. I love that movie. Dude, he did cinematography for a movie called Unstoppable that wasn't the Unstoppable from Tony Scott, which is interesting. Weird. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're they're playing football in the dark just because it looks cooler that way. And then uh, he he pulls a gun because he's at the end of his rope somehow and starts just shooting people as on he's the field. running. Yeah. this is an athlete. You this guys. is I think the people that haven't that aren't like me <laughs> so and Matt. Good. This is the part of the movie that people remember. I feel like yeah. is that the one the movie with a guy who shoots people on the football because yeah. it's a notable a significant thing to happen. What would've if a, what if that fucking a big happened? News event. What if you were watching a football game and that fucking happened? I would lose my mind. That'd be the best football game I've ever seen. It's insane. It's so That's fucking. Bo- There's so many weird ass things that happen in this movie. I don't know. It's fucking. Bonkers. What, what I think is a much more remarkable thing happens at the end of it too. What I think, like, is, what I think is super funny about that is that 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 is the inciting incident for the movie, um, and it's never mentioned again. I think one point somebody goes like, oh, like that one guy who shot the people, and that's it. Right, but I mean, like, the the, the movie also climaxes at a football game, and no mention is made of this at all. It's like a week and a half or two weeks later, and it's nobody's like, later. everyone's hey, back. What happened to Billy Blanks? And it was like, well, that was a real tragedy we had at that last game <laughs> last week. Everyone's back watching the game, man. Or somebody could at least go, football has really gotten out of hand. Yeah, it's There was so a guy good. shooting people in a game last week, Dude. and this week a guy fell into a helicopter. If that should <laughs> happen at every game you went, I would just keep going to games. I'd be like, what's going to happen this yeah, week? Exactly. You know? Crank up the ticket prices even higher. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, Friday night's a good night for football. It's going to be a hell of a night. <laughs> now they got guys with machine guns coming into the to the football intro. And and people like, love it. <laughs> it's like Squid Game now. <laughs> people can't get enough. 
Hey, what a sport. That'd be rad. Like, next time, the first first the guy gets, he pulls out a gun on the field. Next game, a guy falls into a helicopter. Game after that, some of the squares on the field are lava. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps escalating. The people, and it gets more and more popular then we have in America. mutant sharks who walk on two legs with laser beams <laughs> attached to their damn. heads. Football is great. This is, this is morally reprehensible. I can't stop watching it. It's incredible. And that Righteous Brothers guy song? <laughs> so good. Gonna be a hell of a night. Big <laughs> Super Bowl takes place underwater now. Uh, anyway. <laughs> we wish. It's just incredible. But yeah, he kills all these guys on the field, scores a touchdown, takes off his helmet, goes, ain't life a bitch, and shoots himself in the head. <laughs> And if, and if you're like Matt and I, and you're twelve or thirteen or whatever, that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Your brain explodes, <laughs> and you're like, ah, it's just keep in mind, pure Terminator, Terminator Two had not come out yet. So keep in mind when that when I saw that, it was like, well, this is the coolest movie I've ever seen. Uh, in my yeah. Life. yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. And when you're watching it at that age, you know that it looks. You, you don't know exactly why, but it looks like it's the coolest looking thing that you've yeah. ever seen in your entire. life. This movie looks the colors in this movie, the lighting in this movie. It's a tremendous it's, it's, film. It's wild. It's hard to explain. Nothing looks quite like it. But uh, that brings us to uh, the star of our movie, Bruce Willis. Oh, yeah. Joe Hallenbeck. Great name. Uh, I believe he's named after the Hallenbeck Division of the Los Angeles Police Department. Mm. Okay. But uh, I'm not, I don't know that for sure. That's spelled differently, too, but... Anyway, well, he is a um, miserable son of a bitch who is <laughs> torments his family and is making everyone's life a living hell because he's miserable because he's an ex Secret Service agent who saved the president's life. It's clearly Jimmy Carter too when you see when you see the flashbacks because yeah. <laughs> uh, they got a guy they got a guy who put some makeup on and a weird goofy grin and it's like that's a really good Jimmy Carter. And he's eating peanuts. Too. Yeah, he's got a can I of Billy. My, these are my own peanuts. Got a can I love of them. Billy beer. He's building a house for a poor person. <laughs> it's all there. It's clearly, uh, it's really telegraphed. Stops an assassination attempt on Jimmy Carter, and then uh, and then basically has gone to seed because he became like a super famous Secret oh. Service guy, and then he had to punch out a senator who was sexually assaulting a young lady in well, a hotel room. I don't think that quite says some sums it up. This is a Shane Black movie. Yeah. The dude has a, a lady strung up and is whipping her. It's yeah, like non-consensually. Sex, absolutely non-consensually. No, he's like a sex... He's like not just a sexual assaulter, but like a, a sex dungeon He's torture. like one of those politicians from Sin City he's, or he's something like, like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like Sin City. He's like a fucking demon. And he's he's crossed the wrong people, and so now he's pretty much blacklisted. Had to become a private dick. And he uh, sucks at that. The only option. Love sucking a private dick. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, yeah, and he's a loser. He's sleeping out in his car outside of his office. I don't know why he doesn't just sleep in his office. Because he hates his wife. But his wife doesn't live in the office. No, that's why he's staying. He probably doesn't want people to know he's going to sleep he passed in the out, He passed out in a car drunk. Yeah. But his office, he's outside of his office. Is his office his house? No. Oh, okay. No, I'm just saying, I'm saying he didn't stay at home because he hates his wife. Yeah. He passed out in the car in front of his office. But just, oh, like Travis, I just Travis think he could have slept in the office. Yeah, why didn't he go in his office? Because he passed out in the car. Oh, he, 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 was he didn't just make so it fucking, to the office. He was, okay. Oh, he like passed out. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's like, I'll sleep in my office, pal. And then he passed out because he was driving. So, I mean, he's a really miserable son of a bitch. His daughter's Danielle Harris, our girl. One of my, or my girl. I mean, mm-hmm. I love everything about this movie, but I, she's absolutely fucking the awesome. Best, the this. best Shane Black precocious child. She's yes. great. Um, there's that picture she draws of Satan Claus. Satan Claus. Watch Love out it. for Satan Claus. He's out there, and he's only getting stronger. Darian is very funny in this. <laughs> she is very much her father's daughter. He's like, yes, he's sir, like mad God because damn. she's like wearing makeup, mm-hmm. 
But then she's also clearly like a kid. Like she's like, I don't know, she's probably like 12 or something. She's supposed to be 13. 13 okay, yeah. well that makes sense. She's supposed like, to be 13 because Bruce Willis specifically says that multiple times. It's usually around the time he starts calling her a whore and stuff yeah. like that. So God. it's pretty cool. Okay, so so basically he shows up, he like drives home from passing out in his car. The kids put a, put a squirrel, a nope. dead squirrel First, first on thing him. that happens is he gets a phone call from his buddy Mike. Uh-huh. Mike wants him to do Bruce a job McGill. for him. It's Bruce McGill. Bruce motherfucking McGill. Mike wants him to pick up a job for him because he's busy and he can't do it right $5, now. $5,000 is $5,000. $500 bucks is $500. Is it $500? Bucks. $500. Oh, my God. <laughs> What a fucking loser! <laughs> yeah, it comes up. It comes up later. So, but anyway, he, he, so he, it's really, some really good dialogue. Like, what are you doing? Well, I think I I don't know, but I think I might have fucked a squirrel to death. What were you, What were you planning on doing today? I was thinking about smoking some cigarettes. Love that line. So good. That sounds fun. Uh, anyway, so he goes back to his house where his wife is none too pleased to see him. No, nor nor would anybody. Be. Nor would anybody be. But he probably smells really bad. You know, she <laughs> reeks. She, she didn't take a shower. Smells like cigarettes and booze and dead squirrel. Guy's she lays into him about prick. being a miserable piece of shit, which he is. Which she is. Then he notices that the toilet seat is up, and uh, that the somebody's been in the shower. And he can he, he basically clocks that there's another dude in the house. He's private dick. He can and, put these uh, infor- this information together. And then his wife has been cheating on him, so he so he pulls a gun and she's like, "What are you going to do? Shoot me?" And he's like, "No." I'm going to shoot the closet. Tell me who's in the closet. I'm going to put a bullet in the closet. And he has my favorite line in the movie where he starts counting. He's like, I'm going to count to three, and then I'm going to put a bullet in that closet. She's like, Joe, you're out of your fucking mind. And he just goes, two. The truth is a beautiful thing. (laughs) Uh, And sure enough, it's Mike in the... the in the the closet. Bruce McGill, his best friend. Phoning Bruce Willis' wife. Threw a shot at his wife. Gee, what are we going to say? Gee, this this isn't my day. So good. I tripped and fell, and my dick fell into your wife. He's he's quipping even when he's like been he fully betrayed. He by literally everyone cannot in his life. stop quipping. He yeah. can't stop quipping. It's a problem, but it's also his one. He even kind of mentions it at the end of the movie too. He's like, you got to do it. You got to have the one liners. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the one liners. It's practically all I can. Do. And then, uh, oh, and I oh, we forgot we forgot earlier when he was on the phone with Mike. He was like, yeah, I need you to go look after this girl. It's a stripper. She rates a three on my finger scale. That Ugh. means I'd cut off three of my fingers if God would let me fuck her. And then, so that's disgusting enough, but then Bruce Willis totally gets him back on that when he's like, so on my, how was your finger scale? How was my wife? It's so fucking Head funny. or gut. Head or gut, This Mike. is the stuff that we loved when we were kids. Head or gut. Yeah. What a piece of shit this guy is. And he's like, ah, come on, now, head or gut. All right. Obviously, who choo- who chooses head? I mean, yeah. no, punch me in the face but he does, But he hits them both. He gives him. Does he? Doesn't no, he that's punch at him the end. The, that's at the end. That's yeah. At the end. So he punches him in the stomach, and then uh, and then he's like, uh, what's, "Where's the address of that stripper you wanted me to, to check out?" He's like, "You still want the job?" And then he goes, 500 bucks. Five hundred bucks. Five hundred bucks. So that's it. He goes. He goes to look after this this stripper. Well, who, Bruce McGill goes to his car and it blows. And it up. blows up. Yes. Very importantly. So somebody somebody doesn't want. Uh, these bad Mike guys around. are like way ahead of They're the way game. Ahead of feels, it. feels yeah. like they might be uh, going a little too far too soon. And the I cops think that maybe Joe set up his set up his friend yeah. because they because maybe he was cheating. Yeah, because they because he found out that he was cheating. cheating so now it kind of looks like he's the bad guy. Yeah. Also, there's the there's the the part uh, where uh, he's confronting his wife about cheating on him, and she's like, "You know, you're a piece of shit." 
if the cops weren't here, I'd spit in your face kind of stuff. This is very important because it comes back comes later back, in, a comes fairly, back up in a fairly later. unsettling way. Because she wants him to have some self-respect. He's like, why don't you get mad? What do you? He's like, what do you want me to say? Fuck you, Sarah. She you know, goes, if the cops nice. weren't here, I'd it spit would in mean your you, face. It would mean, yeah, if the cops weren't here, you want me to, I'd spit in your face. And Fuck like, you, Sarah, you're a lying like, bitch, and if the cops weren't here, I'd spit in your yeah. face. She goes, and, he goes, and he goes, you want me to spit on you? And she goes, at least it would show that you have a little bit of pride left. And then he says, fresh out, baby. <laughs> Fucking cool guy yes. alert! I've always been. I've always also been a big no fan of uh, of uh, Joe. What do you want me to do? I was lonely. Buy a dog. Buy a dog. Yeah. What a miserable <laughs> fucking prick. Oh, there's a scene. I, there was just, something just romantic on, about this to me when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. That was absolutely. That's true. Like, I don't. I, I don't mean. I don't mean romantic about their relationship. I mean like romantic about the idea this, of how of miserable him. he is. Yeah. Yes. He seemed so cool in in, in in this miserable way. And when I watched it again years later, when I wasn't a kid, uh, he's so scary. There's yeah. a scene where he shows up and it's his wife. He brings Damon Wayans home with him, and he just yells at his daughter, and he's mm-hmm. cruel. Yeah. yeah, he's yelling at his little his little daughter, who's 13 years old, and is he's and he's also got that creepy dad. She's like, "You fucking dating boys now? Not on my watch." And he he he's like, uh, he's called the last boy out because he's like a forthright. Yes. guy he's got this set of codes but he's a hypocrite too yeah he's a miserable drunk piece of shit like he he reminds me of so many of my friends dads when i would stay at their friend's house <laughs> and they were just these miserable drunks yeah who yelled at people and shit and you're like fuck you you're a piece of shit yeah like you yell at me like you yell at your kid and your wife for being like doing this or that but you're the most miserable yeah drunken irresponsible piece well, of shit he's on the teach, planet he's got to teach him you know what life's like God, when he shows up and just starts yelling and he's brought his friend along with him and yeah. He's yelling at his wife and daughter. It's just, it's really real to me. Classic. It feels like they, this is the. There's so many miserable characters in movies like this, but this, this one is yeah. like. That's what it would actually be like. Yeah. That is w- what it's like. He's ruining every. He walks in and you feel this pall of doom spread over his entire household. Uh huh. They hate him. They hate him. <laughs> yeah. And why wouldn't they? And with good Thick cause. in the mud of depression and being an <laughs> asshole. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I love this movie. Yeah, this is so much fun. <laughs> it's so fun. It's fucking bummer town. <laughs> this episode is. is goddamn bummer town. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he goes to check up on uh, stripper Corey Halle Berry, very young Halle Berry. This is the gig. Eddie Griffin is the DJ at the strip club. By That's the way, right. which I think is funny. Uh, and uh, while he's there, he catches the interest of Corey's boyfriend. Damon Wayans, who is an ex-quarterback, Jimmy Dix, Jimmy Dix. and he got drummed out of the league for uh, being a uh, drug addict. And gambling. And, and for gambling. just having cool fashion sense. Yeah. And for having $600 <laughs> pants. They don't oh, got a TV in them? $650 pants. They don't got a TV in them or nothing? No. You wear them? <laughs> $5 shake? Anyway, um, and Damon Wayans doesn't doesn't like Bruce Willis right right away. Yeah, because of course you've got to have them butting heads at first. Yeah, and blah, blah, blah. yeah, and he's like, "Why is this guy here trying to talk to my girlfriend and just like sitting here and looking like a fucking piece of shit asshole?" Yeah, and I like the uh, the little backstory we get about uh, Jimmy and Corey about how one of the reasons he is so miserable is not just being drummed out of NFL football, but because like they lost a baby, they were gonna they were gonna have a baby, and then she miscarried, and he's uh he you know that sort of sent him spiraling too. Well, his wife's dead. Yeah. Corey's his new girlfriend. Corey's his new girlfriend. His, his, wife, his, wife, his yeah. wife didn't miscarry. She got in a car accident That's and the right. baby died the in baby the fucking died. car accident. They oh, pulled yeah. the baby out of her. Yes. And she and it was alive for 18 minutes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
this is his okay, story. Okay, so I did just this watch this movie, Wayne's but story. for some reason, yeah, I, I just like too. I kind of like forgot everything that happened in it. But every everything we're talking about is so deeply he's sad. He's possibly even more. He's so even depressing. worse off. Bruce Willis didn't go through. He didn't lose a, a wife and kid or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, he had a career problem. But this is one of the reasons why David Wayans. One of the first things he says is he's talking to one of his buddies at the bar. He says, "Nowadays, all I do is lose friends, drink, and nail anything with a heartbeat. Jesus lose Christ. friends." This is a very Jesus desperately Christ. sad man movie. I know. That's, but, it's like the real but deal. But it's cool. I, 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 still, I still like all of the patriarchal moral codes that go on. Like, it's very paternalistic. This is a Shane Black thing. Shane Black. Like, he doesn't really, he kind of he takes a dim view of women, I think. Um, but, yeah, Bruce Willis is always talking about, like, his daughter. Like, he told Damon Wayne's, like, all right, we're going to go in my house. Like, my daughter's 13. Don't look at her. And it's like, yeah. dude, gr- don't say, like, ugh. Yeah, yeah. I think he's gotten better over the years, but in these early films, it's pretty gnarly. It's very gnarly, but it cu- but it comes from like the, the sadness in this and the misogyny all comes from a, I feel authentic an authentic, authentic place. place for whatever that's for worth for whatever that's worth. But it, it, at least it doesn't feel yeah. like some douchebag writing these lines because right. it seems cool. Right. I mean, like but that. there's there, I mean, there's like there's the part where he's at the party and the the mean football players like got the girl in the hot tub. He's like, "What are you doing?" He goes, "Bitch, won't blow me." Oh yeah, yeah that was. F- Fucked up. This is he just, was like, he was like, he's drowning her, her head underwater. Yeah, yeah. This really, this actually, this one scene really neatly encapsulates the encapsulates this Jane Black ethos, kind of like in yeah. you know, in a quick little nugget. Because a uh, a guy is being a monster to a woman. A woman is just a naked kind of like um, she's yeah. not she's kind of not even a, a non character in this. Yeah. And then another guy does heroic cool guy shit to save her. Yeah. But in a burnout. It's sort very. Of way. It's yeah. The hyper masculinity of like throwing a fucking football to sit to Best like arm in the national league. Yeah. Son of a bitch Best to like beat up another yeah, dude. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah he breaks that guy's fucking nose, and then that guy is like eagle-eyed and keeps yeah, like at the end he spots him. him so easily. Yeah, um, but Shane, Shane Black movies, the characters always have. Um, he really drills down on this in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, where the characters have a sort of like they're like knights. There's like a chivalry sort of yeah. like a, a twisted, dirty chivalry thing. Going yeah, on. it's it's in a lot of his work. Yes, it's and not it's, always and it's good, stupid but, and questionable. But. Yeah. But it's usually entertaining. (laughs) And effective. I mean, you guys were even saying, like, Bruce Willis made looking like a depressed piece of shit guy look cool, you know? Yeah, uh uh-huh. But but Shane Black invented this trope. I mean, I don't think he invented it, but I think he popularized it. But this is the the case with Lethal Weapon, too. Oh, yeah. I never wanted to be a fucking uh, suicidal uh, Vietnam veteran with (laughs) with PTSD who would, like, kill people with my bare hands so much. (laughs) We we think that, rightly so, rightly so, we think that Martin Riggs' character (laughs) is so cool. Yeah. Again, the character is introduced sobbing, putting a gun in his yeah, <laughs> he's putting a gun in his mouth, and he decides maybe not this time, and then cries, and it's like, I mean, we yeah, did, Martin Riggs. We did like five awesome. hours on on all the lethals, but yes. I mean, I always thought it was really funny how it starts out with Martin. They start out with Martin Riggs is a fucking psychopath. Yeah. Then by the end of the movie, he's like a pretty normal family guy, but he never loses his uh, penchant, let's say, for being a complete monster because like, i don't he's think, so mean to everyone all i don't the time. think you can portray or people don't think you can portray certain amounts of like masculine emotion without pairing it immediately with yeah. assholeism yep. alcoholism and misogynistic uh-huh. virtue and and with good cause because those yeah. things are all good yep all of them are <laughs> cool. they read cool, on cool, film cool. at least i'll yeah. tell you that um, uh, but but these were what our here. This is why Generation X is so fucked up. These were our heroes. I know, right? They were like asshole misogynists who were 
barely and not killing themselves. The, the, we are. We do not admire people like that anymore. <laughs> These are not. two good guys. Capital G. Capital G. Everyone. <laughs> They're best buds. <laughs> but they did. But yeah. So now you. So now you got a buddy movie. Well, not quite not yet. yet. They're right, not buddies so yet. They're not buddies yet. But um, Corey is. Cons- there's Corey has a really good line in it um, where she just where she's like, "These guys are after me." I think. Yeah. And uh, and she goes and he goes, "You don't think the cops can help?" And she goes, "Yeah." So after I'm dead, they'll perform the autopsy. Uh. Like, yeah. Yep. Uh, and then uh, he's and then. Damon Wayans is kind of going like, "Why are you hanging around my girlfriend? Why won't she just? Why can't I help her?" And he's like, eh, "Women have secrets. Water's wet, sky's blue. Women sky have secrets. Blue, Sorry, secrets. pal. Who gives a fuck?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, then and this movie moves really fast. Like uh, Shane Black movies always are very well paced. Yeah. And they just get on with it. And so they have this this one scene, and then Bruce Willis is outside their apartment while they're canoodling, and they're having the, the classic, like, let's plan for our future, because yeah, yeah. we'll definitely both be alive shortly after this scene here. And uh, Corey is, like, they're going to go, she's going to go, like, drive home or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, Bruce Willis gets grabbed up, because he's out, out front, like, protecting, you know, being his yeah. being the bodyguard. He gets dragged into an alley, and this is where we get the best scene in the whole movie. But while, well, while I don't this know about is, that, but it is really good. While this is this is this meant so much to me when I was a kid. But while this is happening, the bad guys are uh, running down Corey, and, and they're going to kill her, and they do. Yeah, and indeed they do. But while while this is happening, this this big, this big pimp, pimp looking, looking motherfucker, guy, motherfucker yeah. <laughs> takes Bruce Willis into an alley. It's Baja Jola, and he jokes his way. <laughs> Out of the situation, he joke. He not only does he joke his way out of the situation, he uses the power of his jokes to get the drop on and murder this man. Wait, power- remind me what happens, you guys. Well, I don't he, remember. This guy this part. drags him in the alley, and he's like, "Gonna put. He's gonna shoot Bruce Willis." Yeah. And uh, and Bruce Willis just starts like like wisecracking to him, and he's like, "Something." He starts. That's going all he off, has, dude. Well, he starts going off about uh, about how his about how the guy's wife is probably really fat and ugly. <laughs> oh yeah, then he's it's like, "Do you want to know how fat?" And how he's fat? like, well, "All the guy, right." The guy, like, well, first the guy, the guy is like, "Shut the fuck up, man!" He's like, "Come on, ask me how fat she is." Yeah, well, yeah, the, yeah. The, they're all great they're all lines, they're killer. But this, killer, but this is kind of like how it starts, and I love this one too, where he goes like, "You keep talking about my wife, you're gonna catch a bullet." And he goes, "After, After fucking fuck your, your wife, wife I'll, I'll take, take two. two. <laughs> oh, come on, that's great. And then uh, get a look, listen to this fucking line. This doesn't make any sense, but. <laughs> He goes, where do you want it? In the chest or in the head? That's what your wife said. <laughs> what? You want to fuck your wife? You got to roll her in flour and look for the wet spot. Oh, my God. You have to slap okay. her ass and ride the wave in. But the be- Okay, but the, the best part so here terrible. is the guy's, got, the guy's got the guy. Bruce Willis is de- disarmed. Yeah. He's completely done for. On his knees, the guy's got a gun to his head. His quips are all he has. His quips are all he has, but yep. they're so good. At These least, street jokes. They're great lines. These Dangerfield-esque street jokes yep. or whatever. Uh, just classic dad jokes. And when the guy starts laughing, he grabs a broken bottle off the ground and jabs it into his neck. But he goes, <laughs> yes, but he goes, it like, was alarmingly brutal. <laughs> but the guy goes like, "Oh, you better shut up with those dad jokes and or with those wife jokes." And he goes, "But don't you want to hear how fat she is yeah. or whatever?" And the guy was like, "Yeah." Uh, and you and Bruce Willis does a like smirk. We're like, it's <laughs> he good. looks at he's like it's he does good. the it's smiling good. smirk uh, emoji. <laughs> it's a good. They're good jokes. And that's when you get slap the thigh, ride the wave in. I don't want to say she's fat, but her hi- high school photo was an error photograph that's and this at this point the guy goes yeah breaks breaks bottle stabs him in the neck his superpower is shitty dad jokes yes this meant this meant the world to me when i was a kid (laughs) i still think it's very like deeply funny i think i still think it's i mean it's funny more because it's weird rather than the jokes being good but we love i mean i disagree the jokes are very good (laughs) the situation 
is pretty funny. This, this was very much in the same wheelhouse for me at the time as the scene in Roxanne, where oh, Steve yeah. Martin is. It's a less violent scene, but it's still violent. Where he charms his way out of that. Yeah. Well, he's getting an altercation with a uh, bully because uh-huh. people are always constantly making fun of his long nose. And this guy's like, hey, big nose. And he goes, big nose? That's the best that you got? And the guy goes, yeah, what do you want? Oh, and he's yeah, like, he's well, like- throw this dart at a dartboard and whatever number you get, that's how many better big nose jokes that I'll do. <laughs> and the guy like throws and hits 20. Yeah. And he's like, I was the darts champion. And he's like, shit. So he has to come up with 20 big nose jokes and he does <laughs> yeah. it's amazing that's cool and to me like scenes like this where people's sense of humor was their superpower was just like meant the world to me yeah, yeah. but it doesn't save uh, Halle Berry because the bad guys kill her they Brutally. machine gun her machine gun her down and then Bruce Willis shows up and like st- stops him from killing Damon Wayans but and also they they drive a car into like they smash a guy in between two cars which is really cool oh yeah I think it's raining at this point too it's pouring rain <laughs> Love yeah, it, love it. And then, um, so Tony Scott, and but you know, so they get they get away, and then uh, pretty pretty quickly thereafter, what they're at the police station. The cops hate Bruce Willis. Can you imagine? Yeah, the cops hate Bruce Willis. They want to know why all these people keep winding up dead around Bruce Willis today, and that's when him and Damon Wayans like start to kind of become maybe friends. Yeah, they're they've accepted that they're doing this together. Yeah, you know. Although they do have a, a really great line and that I can't repeat in the parking garage where he's like, uh, would you play football or something? He's like, what are you? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you, know? you better believe he's just saying, trying to break the ice. I like ice. I like ice. Yeah, it's very bro Um And then uh, it was it at that point where they get picked up by uh, the inventor of Scrabble. Oh, my God. That's a fucking great line. The, the, the hit-to-miss ratio in the jokes in this movie is astonishing. Yeah, I agree. It's like 60% success yeah. rate, there's which that, is incredible there's, yeah, there's considering a scene where, how like, many the, the, the guy, the guy uh, is going to... Those two guys are beating up uh, Bruce Willis and Damon Wayans, and the, the guy keeps using big words. <laughs> Getting Bruce beaten up like, by the inventor of Scrabble. So good. Uh, <laughs> it, is, it has always bugged me, though, and this is a stupid Matt thing, but um, you can't shoot a piece of plastic explosive with a bullet and have it go off. Oh. Yeah, I actually f- remember feeling like that seemed ir- that unrealistic even when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? I don't, anyway, I, don't, I mean, really? it doesn't matter, but yeah. that's just how it works. There's there, the, as far as the plot itself, it's it's a traditional Shane Black sort of like riff on noir plots. It's oh, a yeah. little bit complicated in some places, doesn't make sense. But vast chunks of this movies are devoted. This movie is devoted to how miserable everybody is. Yeah, and they get a scene where where Bruce and Damon go to Hallie's apartment, and that's where you get the classic line: "Where are you going?" I gotta go to the bathroom. Do you want to come with me? The doctor, the doctor says I shouldn't lift heavy objects. <laughs> we loved that when I was a kid. The doctor said I shouldn't lift anything heavy. So but, da- good. but uh, Damon Wayans finds a clue, but he also finds drugs in there, and they're just hanging out for this for this brief period of time. It's a hangout movie, and they go back to Bruce Willis's house. <laughs> he has a friend come. Yeah. And uh, and this is where he abuses Yelled his family in front, Daniel Harris. in front of him. But not before. They're driving to Bruce Willis's house, and Damon Wayans makes a joke about Prince that makes Bruce Willis laugh. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> he goes, well, it's not even really a joke. He no, just he goes just like, like should I just be like, uh-huh, and then he does a Prince impression. <laughs> and at this very strange shot where Bruce Willis turns to him and goes, it's a terrifying <laughs> smile. Like he liked, he's never he's smiled like, before. It's like he's never smiled before, and it looks. But he. But it's meant to be like, no, I liked that. And we do find out a little bit later that Bruce Willis was like a huge fan of Jimmy Dix's and loved him as a football player. Was disappointed yeah. by him because, of course, he's a hypocritical, like conservative guy. 
but while he but while he's back at home, they're starting to get along. It really feels like the, after the ice, the ice is starting to break a little bit. And uh, but then Bruce Willis screams at his family in front of him, and he's like, "Hey, take it easy on your little daughter there." It's like, "Get stay the fuck out of this." And then she eventually goes, "Fuck you, Dad! I'm going to bed. You fucking piece of shit." And then he, Mom she, says you're a loser. she goes and grabs the ice cream from the freezer that she said she didn't want any of before, which I loved. I love that detail. This is some the, the detail where he's like, "I bought you some fucking ice cream. You don't want to eat it, you fucking bitch." You know, like he's like, "I'm so trying good. to do something nice for you," and it's like, "But you're." But clearly being mean and she's just like she's just like fuck you I don't want the ice cream and then she gets up and grabs the ice cream from the freezer and then goes up to her room well there were no, there's, there's two ice creams because the first one he throws out the window oh yeah Jesus oh man he is a mess he is like she <laughs> should be in child protective services he's great honestly. also she's watching um, I believe she's watching Riggs get tortured in Lethal Weapon on TV love it while she's missing the party of the year what? that's right <laughs> it's the party of the year uh, uh, and then they're, they're, they're like, so his fa- he's chased his family away uh-huh. with his usual cruelty. And then they sit down and they're kind of like, they're, they're, he's, they're pouring each other some drinks and they're like hanging out. They're, they're like, maybe we're buddies But then he finds now. the drugs. Damon's like, excuse me for a moment. I, I've got to, excuse me for a moment. That's the exact line. <laughs> I've got to go excuse do some drugs. for a moment. Uh, he goes into the bathroom, takes his shirt off for some reason and starts doing his drugs. Yeah, why did he take his shirt off? I don't, I have no idea. He's he has gonna, great outfits he's in this ta- though. He's got to take his shirt off I so, love his so he can poop. Don't you take your shirt off when you go to the bathroom? Oh, you've got to. you got to have the freedom of movement. Yeah. Uh, and he does drugs, and Bruce Willis comes in, sees him doing drugs, and knocks him, like, punches him in the face. Oh, he freaks the fuck out. And that's where you get Matt, uh, uh, Dam- Matt, Matt Damon. Matt Come on. It's a problem. Travis. <laughs> where you get- Matt Damon. David Wayans does a whole, uh, a whole like speech about like how he's mad at God because he took. And this is where you find out about like I didn't ask for my wife to be taken away from me, and then you start talking about talking to God, and you go, "What's the deal, God? I thought we had a thing going. He What's truly, with this dead wife and kid shit?" He truly like takes Bruce Willis getting mad, and he like turns the fucking tables, being like, "Well, this is why I have to do drugs. Don't you feel like a dick now?" And then they kind of Bruce come to Willis kind of feels bad for him, but then he goes like, hey, "Get out of my house! When you stop feeling sorry for yourself?" And I'm yeah. like, "You feel sorry for yourself, so what the?" F-? I mean, it's he's, hard he's to look in a mirror a, sometimes, you know. He's nothing if not a fucking hypocrite in this movie. Right. Uh, I hate and love this character so much. <laughs> you know what else is awesome about this movie? At this point in the film, like. We know that there's a tape because Corey had this blackmail tape on someone, but like it's like we're almost halfway through the movie and the plot hasn't really been mm-hmm. like the the story hasn't really kicked over. It's mostly just a lot of narrative beats, and so like it's still a mystery what's even happening. Yeah, um, and, which I love. And what is happening is pretty nuts. It turns out to be a little convoluted, but yeah. Oh, well, yeah, classic Shane Black style. He but loves that. Uh, uh, I mean, we haven't even got to the. My opinion, what is the best scene in the movie, which is when the bad guys kidnap Bruce Willis and take him to uh, to Sheldon Marcone, the bad guy's house, and yep. uh, and Kim Coates is there, and they've got Bruce Willis tied to a chair, and he's like, "Can I have a cigarette?" And the guy gives him a cigarette. Yeah, he's like, can I have a light? Punches him. Seem to have dropped my cigarette. <laughs> may, I have, may I have another? If you touch me again, I'll kill you. Touch me again, I'll kill you. And then, Lord, lo and behold, Kim Coates is having so Kim much Coates fun. Kim Coates is great. He does that. Oh, boom, baby! <laughs> Booyah! Yeah, and then Bruce Willis Yachty. just fucking punches him in the face and kills him. It's fucking great. And it's uh, and it's uh, Hob- Hogswallop is the other is yes. the other henchman from Oh Brother Where Art Thou? And he's like, he killed him. He punched his brain, his nose bone into his brain. He killed him. <laughs> and Milo comes. down. Milo is so good. What's the Ta- actor's name? Taylor Negron. Taylor Negron. He was a stand-up. He was a stand-up. And an He's actor in a comic. Probably but yeah. most famous for um, the high school movie. 
Ridgemont High. Fast times. Yeah. Fast times at Ridgemont High. Uh, but he's but he's great, and he is one of my all time favorite henchmen in this movie. He's the best. He's the best Shane Black henchman for sure. You must be the bad guy. Yes, Joseph, I am the bad guy. I am the bad guy. He calls guy. everybody by their full name, and then Bruce Willis points that out at one point. It was really funny. <laughs> he's like, because he, uh, he says James when he's talking to Damon Wayans. Damon Wayans goes, James? He's like, that's the thing the guy does. It's the he's- thing that he does. <laughs> All right, so his best in, best line in the entire movie, well, I mean, he's got a bunch, but this, this is just a great Is there line. a problem? Yes, yes, officer, there is a problem. There are too many bullets in this gun. I love that. Bang. I love that so much. He's so funny. Why do you gotta be funny to kill? To kill oh, a so good. I mean, I think so he's so weird. good. There's, I mean, like, there's so many great moments with him. He hates. He really hates Bruce Willis. He's like, you think you're so cool? Just once, I'd like to hear you scream in pain. Please play some rap music. music. Yeah, we uh, find out. I love la- that we shit. find out later that his favorite movie, his favorite music, is The Four Freshmen and Pat Boone. He's yes. very conservative. Uh, but this is Taylor Negron's best reading of a line. Mm. This is this is where the actor really brings something to the role because the line is just, "Did any of you stupid shits bother to frisk this fuck?" Yeah. But the way he does it is, "Did any of you stupid shits bother to frisk this fuck?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, man, this guy's a live wire. So many good lines. Uh, yeah, it's just a litany of lines. We can't get bogged down in that. Um, but it, things are moving along once those guys kidnap Bruce Willis. Yes, and the, and the the bad guy, the main bad guy who owns the football team in this, also owns the football team in Ace Ventura: Pet That's Detective. Right. Oh God, boo. <laughs> He's like, ah, right, so well, the problem is, son, and you get a classic like, here's a whole plot. Here's what I, here's my yeah. whole plan. Son. It turns out that this guy is been doing like point shaving to get the get the. He wants uh, he wants basically he's trying to get sports betting legalized. Yes, and uh, he also does like he's been doing point shaving to like uh, bring down the value of the team and stuff. But uh, and he's also going to bribe a senator. Or he's gonna try. He's trying to bribe a senator, the same senator who ruined Bruce Willis's career, the whipping senator. Yes, into into like signing this bill that will allow sports gambling, um, and the mob wants in on the sports gambling. That's where the money is. Yep. The mob always wants in on the sports game. Yeah. The fucking mob, honestly. So he's in bed Those with guys. the mob, and he's going to... But, but the, since the, the senator's not going to play ball, <laughs> pun intended, hey. uh, so he's going to blow him up and blame it on Joe. He's going to frame Joe for murdering the senator. And Joe, and this is a pretty good frame-up because... I was going to say, to be honest, Joe's the perfect guy to frame it on. Yeah. And not, he's already, not only has he, has, does he just seem like a burnout piece of shit who has a history with this guy, he has literally been making disgusting prank phone calls to his office. Yes. And he blew <laughs> he up really his best was. friend that morning, this, allegedly. The, the hero of this movie was calling a guy and saying dirty things. Yeah. Very heroic. Very, um, and the reason cool. they killed Corey is because she had a tape of Marcone saying that he was going to do this. That stuff. she was going to use as leverage to get Damon Wayne's back career, yeah, to yeah. Get career his job back. back. Very yeah. nice, but also she loved him. Not particularly smart. Not very smart. No, uh, but God bless her. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and it's Halle Berry. Jesus. Uh, yes, and, and now, and now at this point, the plot is is chugging along. Yeah, and uh, uh, Bruce is, has been kidnapped, and they're basically just dragging him along with their plot, and yes. they're going to stage a switch of bags, take pictures of it, so they'll have evidence to show to the cops. And then there's, a, there's and then, a bag of money, there's a briefcase full of money, and there's a bomb in another briefcase that are identical, but they're in a weird switcheroo compartment in the back of this car. Yeah. Then Jimmy and Darian show up. This is when the Jimmy and Darian team up, and it's and it's yeah. one of the another one of the <laughs> eight hundred best parts of this movie. Yeah, and when they come when they come to find him in the woods, and the little girl has 
the, her cat puppet. The cat puppet. Why? No, this is the best part of the movie. Why? Never mind. Yeah, I love this, this part. This is the best part of the movie. He, she gives him the puppet. She's like, they're like, who is this kid? And all these guys with shotguns are standing around going like, I guess we just let the kid hang out for a second. <laughs> and she's like talking to her dad through the cat. And she's like, you try. You try it. You try it. And at first Bruce was like, what the fuck is my stupid bitch 13 year old daughter doing? <laughs> Darren, get the fuck out of here. But he does tell a great joke. He goes, why did Mr. Milo get across <laughs> the road? Because his dick was stuck in the chicken. <laughs> classic. And then he's and then he goes into full on crowd work mode. He, this, is, this is word for word. He goes, "I bet this is the first pussy you guys have seen in a long time, especially this guy over here." <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's the crowd's loving it. Everyone's they're, loving they're it. They're all cracking up. Everyone's loving but it. What they don't that know is there's a gun in the puppet. And he starts blowing them all blowing away. people away. So smart. So funny. Then they get, get away. Car chase. There's a car chase, which ends in another one of my favorite scenes in the movie where they crash the car into Rick Dukeman's pool. Rick Dukeman. From He's the, the guy working on the power grid in yeah. Die Hard. He's in Du Bois. In the Burbs. Yes, he's in the Burbs. Satan is good. <laughs> Satan is our pal. Um... He's great. But he gets he, there, killed. There's this. this there's this hilarious moment where they like get out of the pool. They've crashed their their, their car into this guy's swimming pool, and uh, Bruce Willis goes, "Hey, you got a car around here?" And the guy goes, "Rick Dukeman goes, uh, yeah." He goes, "Give me the keys." And he thinks about it for a second. He goes, "No way." <laughs> and then Bruce Willis points a gun at his daughter. And he goes, "Give me the keys, or I shoot the kid." And he thinks about it for another second. He goes, "Okay." <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I I quote a lot from this movie, but I think of "Give me the keys or I shoot the kid" almost every day of my life. <laughs> and Rick Newcomen knocks it out. He's he's in it for two minutes. Knocks yeah. it out of the park. <laughs> then, gets his brains blown then, out. Yeah. The then, then Milo shows up and kills him. And now there's another car chase. It's so good. Yeah. Give me then, the keys or I shoot the kid. He's <laughs> dad. Oh. Uh, and then, of course, we're building to the climax here. More, more, just a sort goofy of goofy ass climax. Very. Oh, it, it's not even the climax that was in the original script. Yeah, right. Mm. This is this was added on later. Is that the the end of the movie is an entirely different third act. That's off. So often the case with Jane Black. In, in the in Black's original draft, the whole third act takes place on Marcone's yacht. Oh. Interesting. Well, I prefer this. It's it's this really they're both really good. The the Shane Black script is like considerably darker and more violent at the end, but it's wow. they're both great. Well, I wish is... I wish that I they never filmed that ending, so I wish someone had because I'd like to have seen it. But yeah, what well, you get is still stuff. This stunning. ending is very very classic. Yeah. They're back at the football field again. Yep, we are playing in the dark. Although there's a scene where he's on the lights and you see that the lights are on. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter. That's not really important. What's important is that this movie looks as fucking cool as possible at every single second. And it does. Uh, So the whole deal is there's like a switcheroo with with money. The football owner's there. There, uh, um, Taylor Negron is going, is uh, in the light, is up positioned up at the lights with a sniper rifle he's going to take out the senator yeah <laughs> and so bruce's mission is to take him out yes but he can't get there in time so damon wayans hops onto a horse hops on a fucking horse yep. rides this horse on the field he grabs the football from one of the guys playing great and <laughs> in the goofiest shit i've ever fucking seen in my <laughs> life throws the football knocking the senator out of the way right before the sniper shoots him and the sh- the, the sniper shoots the football too in the dark yeah in the dark I, absolutely insane this it's this insane. is crazy this is an athlete you know we also forgot to mention that earlier when they were escaping from uh from milo and having a car chase bruce willis says I swear to Christ, Junior, if we make it through this, I'm going to dance a jig. Yeah. You're going to what? Very important. But to dance a jig, I swear to Christ. Anyway, that'll come up okay. later. 
All uh, right, I'm just going to ignore that you said that. So yeah, then Bruce, as as that's happening, Bruce Willis goes up into the lights and he fights Milo, knocks Milo off of the lights into the helicopter, <laughs> and he just gets fucking shredded into goo. The audience just fucking losing their minds. Probably. Yeah, I went crazy when I saw this in the theater the first time. I was like, oh my god! It's not. They don't. But then the audience in the football yeah. stadium as well losing their they goddamn minds. It. It's not like crazy graphic, but there's like a it's half gnarly, second yeah. where you really do see a body. Just just go into the blades and get yeah. gooified. Yeah. It's bananas. When these big, and then Bruce Willis dances a jig movies. and it's like all uh, solarized because you, yeah. you're seeing it behind the lights. Tony Scott does this really cool effect and it looks all weird. And yeah, you get and guys just, watching him. What's he doing? He's doing he's, some sort of a dance. dance, 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 dance. Nope, maybe like a jig, if you will. <laughs> I wonder if that has yeah, something like, to do with something he said earlier. They, they, he's on the jumbotron. That's what it is. He's on the oh, jumbotron. Yeah. And you, but but like you're so the camera's so close that it just looks like these big these big pixels. It looks so cool. It looks really cool. And I think they do even play like they some do bag, play a little Irish jig music. Yeah, yeah, Irish jig music. Uh, and that's when and that's when you get the the ending of this movie that really makes me queasy when I watch it. Oh these yeah. Days. Uh, and it, some of it's intentional and some of it's not, I think. Well, I mean, what happens for what the the thing that I love about the ending is the scene where he confronts his wife in the parking lot of the stadium. Mm. First of all, we should say that um, uh, Marcone gets away, but he thinks he has the money briefcase. It turns out he's got the bomb briefcase, and they all yeah, watch whoops. his house explode in the and then, in the hills and, and laugh. About and then it. they all I mean, who, they don't know how many people are dead. <laughs> they look over and see this is, explosion, and they all fucking it's laugh. It's fine. It's almost certainly just the one guy that we hate who's dead. <laughs> Yay! That's funny. It's nuts. But then uh, he's, he confronts uh, he confronts his wife Sarah in the parking lot of the football stadium, and he's like, "Fuck you, Sarah. Fuck you, Sarah. If there weren't cops here. I'd spit in your face." And it means that he loves her, mm. and it means that he's got his self-respect back and, and they get back together again it is and you're like oh, and she, she goes i'll get a dog I'll get a dog get and it's dog. like because you're assuming he's just gonna keep doing the same old bullshit where you will be lonely enough that you need to get a dog like yeah. girl yeah, leave I'm him so so sorry it's just that it's that guys yeah, it's, it's they should, it's that they should divorce just for shit. both of their happiness they really do yeah. absolutely need to get divor- divorced for like, sure yeah it's not it's, it's like not a happy ending no no and you dog. see them you see them a little bit later on and this is like a cut from and so maybe like a couple weeks later or something like that and they're hanging out in front of his house mm-hmm. and they're leaning up against the car going like how are we gonna get through this relationship like one day at a time and stuff and you're like guys you don't like you don't seem like you like no. each other even get out. now after you just please get for out. everyone's mental health um so that's wild and and <laughs> feels kind of weirdly realistic too yeah, yeah. um and then it's and then it's Bruce and, and Damon. They're probably going to start their own detective, their detective agency. agency I wish there would be a second to last Boy Scout, man. Absolutely. I would love a sequel to this. You got to have uh, Damon have have lost another wife, <laughs> oh, so damn. he's sad again. He's so sad. And then Bruce Willis lost another <laughs> senator. <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, they've got to be reset to being as miserable as they are in this right. movie. You can't have them. I mean, if happy. I can't have a sequel to this, maybe I'll get a sequel to the Nice Guys one of these days. Oh God, no, <laughs> so good. Wood. That would be awesome. That's um, another. That's just. Uh, well, I don't even want to get into how hilarious that movie is. Anyway, surfs up, pal. Are there any more lines that we've forgotten? I. I this is just one of those ones where I just kept on writing lines down. Almost everything's, if not good, at least fun, or something like that. Uh... This is, this is just a Taylor Dake run yeah, uh, on, on the phone. Hey, motherfucker. <laughs> That's how he starts a conversation. I love that guy so much. Uh, uh, we, we forgot. We forgot. Uh, how'd you know it was my wife? She said it was a big pimp looking motherfucker with a hat. I mean. Uh, uh, we have Marcone saying, 
put them out of my misery, which yeah. is pretty funny. Yeah, I like that. Oh, when Dam- when he when the the bad main bad guy stabs Damon Wayans on the hand and goes, "Walk it off, son." <laughs> I love that. Uh, I can't figure out which one of you looks the most like my dick. <laughs> I think that's Damon Wayans. Say that one. Oh, we we forgot about uh, you. You mentioned it briefly, but he's like, "Friends can't be perfect." I wish the water wasn't wet. I wish the sky wasn't blue, and I wish that I didn't still love my wife. <laughs> ah, life sucks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Shut up, fuckface. I'm fuckface. He's asshole. That, I liked that one. Here's a real quintessential line. A prize Rodney Dangerfield here of his situation. Yeah, here's <laughs> a line here that really sums up the attitude of this movie without being as funny as the movie is. Uh, I want to meet the bitch that fucked you up. <laughs> Actually, though. God Christ. damn. Oh, uh, boy. It's, it's great. It's just a fucking great movie. Uh, but I mean, it's also it's like crazily um, miserable. You know, before before he says that, I like to meet the bitch that fucked you up. He's like, "Don't you believe in love?" He's like, "Yeah, but I also believe in cancer or something oh, like that." Come on, <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's, it's so good. It's so good. I mean, speaking of which, ratings. Oh, five five Judds. Yay! Another five Judd movie. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna give it two Douglases. There's the stripper scene. Um, yep, obligatory. So a little bit of nudity scene. and stuff, but mostly just like the, the gross misogyny of the whole affair. I think warrants a few Douglases. The lady uh, being held underwater. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Nasty. Uh, and I'm gonna give it. Uh, Jesus Christ. Oh man, what am I gonna give it? I love this movie so much. I'm gonna give it ten out of ten. Dead squirrels. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, he might have fucked him to death. We don't know. Yeah. Actually, we do know. He, but he never finds out. That's kind of fun. Fun for Bruce Willis's character. What we, oh, I forgot. One more line. I'm ah, sorry. Ah. What would Joe do? He'd shoot everybody and smoke some cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good plan. Uh, five Judds. Mm-hmm. Five Judds. This is just everything that I want in a movie that came out at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh it's it's wild and inexplicable nowadays, but I, but I find a lot of it's like uh, nihilism comes from a real feel, feels like it comes from a real place, and this movie's always meant a lot to me, and and and, and in this one evolving for for like different reasons, so it's great. It's it's five Juds in different ways across my life, which I which is which is neat. Uh, I'm gonna give it two Douglases as well for the stuff that we talked about, and then I'm gonna give it. Uh, ten gallons of liquefied Milo. <laughs> Ew. What's that number shaving in the back of your head? Is that like what is that? Is that a license plate in case somebody tries to steal it? That's well, a football thing. It's my it's my high school number. Oh, so when do you graduate? That's uh, that's, that's the uh, Darian. That's him yeah. and the little girl. She goes, and then he goes. You want to be left alone, don't you? <laughs> she fucking gets it, man. It's good, man. That's awesome. When do you graduate? When do you graduate? God and she's damn. Just, she's just such a little asshole. I love it. I mean, she comes by it honestly. It's just very funny to me. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it three and a half Juds. I I liked this. I might even give it... No, I'll give it three and a half. Yeah. Um, I, like, I liked this a lot. I thought it was really funny. I, for some reason, don't remember a lot of it, even though I watched it two days ago. <laughs> uh, uh, and there's just a lot of... I don't know. Maybe, maybe if I had seen it when it came out, or had some sort of bigger connection like you guys to it. Dumb boy. I think it's just because I'm a smart girl. Well, this is also a a frantic jumble, and it's got a hard to. It's got a plot that's hard to follow for me, and I've seen this movie sixty times. But there's like some really like I love all the funny goofy shit in it. Um, 
and yeah, so I'll give it three and a half. And then Douglas wise, I'm only going to give it one and a half just for some of the crass uh, attitudes towards women and also that terrible uh, hot tub scene. And I'm going to give it uh, one $650 pair of leather pants. Excellent. Looks good though. Yes. What is that? What is it? it says bomb. It doesn't look like a bomb. It looks like a pineapple. Don't open the briefcase. It's full of fresh fruit. Yeah, he makes fun of his, his drawing that apple, and then and then later on he goes, I almost bought it there, and he goes, it would have been a tragic, tragic loss of the art world, world, let me tell you. One, yeah. I mean, there's there's like 300 <laughs> jokes in this movie. It's got like the it's got like Simpsons joke density. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. All right. Oh, oh. We, didn't, we didn't even touch upon at the end where he actually acknowledges... That the quips are all he, like, he, yeah, yeah. That you yeah. gotta have hit a guy with a surfboard. You gotta say surfs up. <laughs> Classic. Like that. Uh, Satan Claus is out there and he's getting stronger every day. <laughs> it's a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. It counts. Speaking of Christmas, I think this next one is also a Christmas movie. Yay! It is. Yeah. Uh, and it is 1998. 1998. Enemy of the, the state. state. Yeah. So Julie, I'm gonna finish up my Christmas shopping. Hey, do chicks dig lingerie? Hi. Hey, hi. What size? Yeah, right. She's oh, she's a, uh, she's a six. What about cup size? I'm sorry. Oh, oh, she's way bigger than that. I mean, uh, not noticeably. Help me. Robert Clayton Dean. He's a DC labor attorney. Take us around the other side. Focus on the drop. Is it a tape? A powerful man has been murdered. Holy... A hidden camera recorded the crime. None of this goes beyond us. We don't need any more problems, do we? An innocent bystander... Are those my Christmas presents? In your dreams, buddy. ...was given the evidence. We have reason to believe that Mr. Zavitz may have passed sensitive materials to you. Uh, no, he, he didn't pass me anything. How did you happen to be at Ruby's today? I was shopping for some lingerie. That's still legal, isn't it? For your wife? No, I was uh, picking something up for myself. I do a little cross-dressing on the weekends. <laughs> Let's get into his life. Produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. Take his wife and kid, he give it up for them. Target switching. Directed by Tony Scott. Why are they after me? Two targets, rooftop. You have something they want! Which I watched last night and I have always me really too. enjoyed. I saw this when it came out in theaters, like almost every movie we ever talk about on this goddamn show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I really liked it and I've always really enjoyed it. I've, I've even, I even have it on Blu-ray, but um, I think I loved it for the first time. Like I was like, this movie fucking rips last night. I watched it for the very first time last night and it was really, really, really good. And I had so much fun with it. I definitely enjoyed it the most that I've ever enjoyed it. I never hated it, mm-hmm. but I, it was like one of those movies that was like that was a fucking trifle. But it, but again, there's a there's a hell of a lot that we we discuss on this podcast all the time of yeah. just sort of like movies from that time that they don't make anymore, and you're just sort of like even, even the middle of the road ones. Yeah, just sort of like it's something. Man, I don't get to watch movies like that anymore. And this is. I think that this works for me. First of all, like just as a straight up sturdy thriller like that, like they don't really make things like this. Yeah, certainly not this well anymore. Um. Every time I watch it, I'm like, this will be the time where it's not it's not like relevant anymore. It was like, no, it just keeps getting more and more fucking weird and weird and strangely relevant all the time. And then finally, I think that this marks the beginning of the late Tony Scott style. Absolutely. And this movie looks incredible and it is shot so oddly, so idiosyncratically, and it's like like all the overhead satellite imagery stuff. Like I think when this came out, it might have seemed like that's a little corny to me. But watching it now, like nobody stole it. it 
nothing looks like this. Hmm. Um, like, yes, there are all kinds of shitty movies where, like, you see, like, a thing zoom in, but, like, there are, like, whole shots inside the chase scenes where it's, like, straight down overhead while, like, Will Smith is oh, running yeah. across a... Mm-hmm. You know that what I mean? That's pretty impressive. It all looks really good, and there's all these really cool angles and really great, like, camera moves going around corners and, like, over and around stuff. It looks so good. I was watching it last night. Just It was nuking me. It was so fun. This and uh, I just I love all the conversation jokes, you know, like all the references. It's got a like maybe the most stacked Tony Scott cast of like Dude, here's a guy you didn't is, know who was not famous when it came out. You know what I mean? The cast is great. There's like everybody is in this movie. A list of like Jamie Kennedy. Fuck, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like Others. a list of like loser weirdos Seth that Green. we love, like Jamie Kennedy, Seth Green, Jack Black, Jason Lee, Scotty like Khan. Yeah. A little baby con, a little baby buse. A baby buse. The, the haircut squad of NSA goons. <laughs> Barry Pepper, though. BP. Remember BP? We have another uh, another guy making smoothies. Tony Scott loves the smoothies. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was thinking when I was watching, because there's so, like, all the um, the, the henchmen, I think it's one of the, the best things that this movie does, is depict this crew of kind of, like, ambitious, young, sort of, like, hustler guys who are working for... For the NRA, yeah, um, they're all the NRA. They're kind of like, or what? Uh, N- NSA, NSA, the National Security the IRA. Agency, yeah, and, IRS, and, and they're all just sort of like morally ambivalent. They're just do- working. They're just like trying to, yeah. They don't have any agenda the except they're just doing their, their yeah. Dirty I kept, business. I kept being like, okay, so like Jack Black's like a bad guy, but it's like no, he just kind needs a not, job. Yeah. yeah, he just needs a job, and a he happens to either. be good at computers. Yeah. And it's 1998. Yeah. You know? ni- neither sympathetic nor antagonistic. No. It's just his job. And they're not being told that the person that they're chasing, that Will Smith is like, uh, they don't know that he's like going to stop uh, John Voight from doing no. his nefarious shit. They're being told that A, that's a training op, and B- That's true. That Even though they kind of know They kind of know it's not. And they're they're assuming that this guy's done something bad. Yeah. You know? And then at the end is when they're like, oh, fuck, let's just like guys. slowly walk backwards yeah, out like, of the whole thing. Well, at the end, a bunch of them get, I mean, the ones that don't get killed in the shootout end up getting arrested. We yeah. see them being interrogated. That's a thing that is weird about this movie uh, to me and has always been weird, but we've talked about this a lot before and it gets more and more weird as we get, as things get worse in our world. There's accountability in this movie. Right. Where you're like, no. <laughs> yeah. Now, nobody would ever care about any of this. No. Get the fuck out But I mean, here. like, God, let's let's go down the list of people who are in this. Just besides, like, you know, Will Smith, Gene Hackman, John Voight. But you got Lisa Bonet. Stuart oh, Wilson, gorgeous. who's the bad guy in Lethal 3. Yep. Stuart uh, Wilson. Lauren Dean. Not too many people remember him, but he was, like, in Gattaca. Remember Lauren Dean from Gattaca? He's sure. the cop. Uh, Tommy Barry, Barry Pepper, Ian Hart. Jake Busey. Scott Kahn, Jason Lee, Tom Sizemore, Dan Butler, Bulldog from Frasier is in this. Uh, Bodie Elfman, uh, husband to Jenna and son oh, of son wow. of Danny. Oh, he's one of the he's one of the tech guys. Jamie, <laughs> Bodie Elfman, Jamie son Kennedy. of Danny. Yeah. Uh, who else? Gabriel Byrne. I had forgotten about in completely. A, like a glorified we can't cameo. get away from Byrne. Yeah. Gabriel Byrne was famous at this point. This is like a cameo. Did you catch Anna Gunn as John Anna Voight's Gunn. wife? John Voight's much younger wife. No. Fascinating. Skyler from Breaking Bad. Yeah. Oh, Regina King's in this. Yep. Yep. You dropped this King. Tony Scott's wife Donna Scott is in this yep. for a, a scene. A, a hot second. <laughs> as like an annoyed best friend. Of, of Regina King. Yep. Yeah. Oh man, it's just like I was watching it last night, going, "Oh God, I forgot about this guy." Oh wait, I forgot about this guy. It's fun. It zips along. It's fun to see. 
And it's and it's also when uh, Will Smith was uh, wildly charismatic. Too. Dude, yeah. in 1998, Will Smith? Are you kidding me? I actually, almost this... in time for the Willennium. Well, I forgot about Grant Heslov too. Heslov for like a second. Yeah. Academy Award winner, Grant. Academy Heslov. Award winner, George Clooney's partner. Yeah. Um. But the but but Will Smith is so char- winning and charming. This is like the first I think serious ish type movie that he was a lead yeah. in, and uh, and he's very likable. And I and I did have this thought while I was watching it where I go like, Will Smith was really good. What happened to him? <sighs> oh, right. <laughs> oh, no. I totally had forgotten about the thing that happened. Yeah. And I was like, Honestly, oh, I don't sad. I don't think he's like actually canceled, though, because I feel no, like he's, he was just nominated for something else recently. Oh. He'll be fine. Don't worry. He's not canceled. No. It was like a, it was a one-time thing. I don't know. <laughs> No, I mean, he canceled. sucks, but it, I don't think I don't think he's going to be canceled that was for real. Pretty crazy, you know. That was I a think, fairly crazy thing to do. I totally. Think, I think he'll be fine in the long run. Yeah, he's fine. The point is, he's nuts. I mean, he's just completely yeah, but, nuts. I mean, we did. I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, no, we didn't. We didn't need that display of nuts in order to know that Will Smith is already fucking. That's crazy. true. Yeah. That, we all knew was just, he was. Crazy. That was just so everyone could know. But there was yeah. obviously lots of stuff bubbling up. But it's also important to point out that he is very much in "Get My Wife's Name Out of Your Motherfucking Mouth" mode yeah. in this movie. Once he starts <laughs> going up against it, he's got that because he because I mean he's in a, he's in a bad situation yeah. at a certain point and he has that exact same speed and tone to him and shit like that. Well, what's he gonna do? What's he doing in this movie? He plays a labor lawyer. Mm-hmm. Yes, who is negotiating a union contract against some and so he's dealing with some unsavory mob types led by Tom Sizemore at his fattest and greasiest really Ooh, he's like, great in that he's really good he's so they good. absolutely dragged him from whatever den that he was in yeah. and just propped him in front they of the like, camera find out what rock Sizemore's under and kick it over everybody let's and go just threw him out there and like go Tom and then there's a there's a scene because he's sweaty there's a, there's and he's so always sweaty eating. and eating in this kitchen and there's a scene at the end where Will Smith has been in Tony Scott Rain yeah. and he comes in there and, and, and Tom Sizemore who was just been in his kitchen the whole time is wetter than he is yeah he's like a, just from it's his like own... dripping down his face yeah disgusting so a government guy <laughs> drives to the lake uh-huh. with his dog bob and, and it's uh, jason robards it's just, yeah and uh, <laughs> and he <laughs> he, he gets yeah. confronted by these people being like okay you need to like let this bill pass that's gonna mm-hmm. allow us to have um Gambling and sports. Ga- gambling. Oh, oh, no, shit. It's gonna no, have. It <laughs> it's gonna have surveillance. Just to basically what we have now, you guys. Yes. Yeah. So that people can protect. It's it's under the veil of being to protect like national security yeah national security anti-terrorism whatever whatever and he's like uh this sounds like a bad idea it's privacy i i really don't want to pass this bill and he's like uh, the guys confronting him are like well okay do you want like some coffee or something while we talk about this and he goes no i don't want any coffee i want to play with my dog mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh so because he does not agree they go behind him and they inject him with something that gives him heart failure pour a bunch of pills in his car and then push his car down to the Lake. It's John. Dude. It's John Voight confronting him at first, and then and then, and then when like, he realizes he can't get through to him, he's like, "All right, henchman." I think go they make Barry. I think Barry Pepper actually stabs him and, and kills Barry, him with Barry the Pepper's one of his original men. Guys, how sad was it when the dog, the dog chases... ran along the side and it broke Jesus my fucking Christ. heart, dude? I was watching this last night. I had my little dog in my lap, and I was like, "I'm sorry." It's <laughs> just like, "Baby, I'll never leave you." Later on the news broadcast, uh, I think. 
<laughs> it gives us a little closure because he goes, the news broadcast person is like, his favorite dog, Bob, is with police. Oh, <laughs> Just good. like attacked online. Like, or in case we were worried, his favorite dog, Bob, <laughs> is with police. The other dogs we don't care about. <laughs> his least favorite dog is in hell. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> Uh, uh, so meanwhile, Will Smith is uh, out shopping. He's just a, he's just being a successful lawyer. He's a good he's a lawyer, but he's a good guy. He's lawyer, a good guy. But he's making money. He's very successful. Um, and he's this, trying to buy some lingerie for his wife. He's doing some yeah. Christmas shopping, and he goes to a, the scariest sex dungeon lingerie shop I've ever seen, I know, which I right? also would love to experience. No, it's it's the you, most realistic lingerie store ever depicted on film, <laughs> where all the people, cool. women selling lingerie are wearing lingerie. They're all like thin white blonde girls in, in black lingerie, and you have to go down into... It's like, to even be like, I want to go into this store would take a, a lot of guts. It's like a little intimidating. Yeah. And it's just like a dungeon where a hot chicks in lingerie are, are walking around showing you the lingerie. 12 year old boy's idea of what a lingerie store would be like. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Uh, and it's all like dudes in the lingerie shop shopping for their wives, which is like... Mm. Mm. <laughs> well, that's what I... I mean, when I look at girls in lingerie, I want to hang out with other dudes. It's definitely... Like you said, it is definitely a guy's idea of what a lingerie shop would be like. Well, yeah. this is the kind of thing that happens in lingerie. I mean, I've never been in one, but this is... I, Hundred percent like sure this, this is yeah. what happens. Oh, it's you just go like this. in and and you go and and you go like I don't know from lingerie or or what sizes are or anything. And they go like, well, are her tits like my tits? Look at my tits. Or come on over here, her tits. Now look at the tits. <laughs> that's what it's like. Do you want me to touch hers? Will that help you? That would be hot. Yeah. That's exactly we what lingerie shops are hot. like. Yes. Yeah. And yes, he's indeed. tugging at his. He's like, nah, nah, nah. Steam there's steam coming out. out. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, very. We're we're on solid. I'm at least here. roll his tongue back up yeah, yeah. all the way back into. <laughs> he his briefly mouth. turns into a wolf he for does. a second and comes back, but yeah. it works. But the it part works. where the part where you said swing, I thought was a little corny. I, oh it wasn't God. as bad as when he said a wooga. <laughs> it's true. It was not as bad. A wooga. He said it just like <laughs> that. He said really it like that. A wooga. Pretty crazy. He did it in Australia. A wooga. <laughs> oh God. This movie's nuts, people. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like wild. So this is when Meanwhile, Will Smith. There's a lot of stuff happening at the same mode. time. Yeah. So it's we're kind of hopping. But all of yeah. this, keep in mind, is happening very rapidly. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jason Dodson, aka Jason Lee, <laughs> uh, is a, a wildlife photographer, evidently, yeah. who had a camera set up in the park and actually facing the boat dock, facing the boat dock because he was looking at ducks or something. That's all he's going to capture. And, uh, and he captures the murder of Senator Jason Robards on his little Like, camp. extremely clearly. Yeah, on a webcam. <laughs> Just yeah. straight there. Pretty right good. there. And he sees it, and the Framed first thing he says nice. is, fuck a duck. <laughs> Which I think is really funny. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of guessing that that's not in the script, too. That's I just, couldn't that's tell a Jason you. Lee Jason original. Lee not looking his best yeah. in this role. <laughs> that that might be uh, he, intentional. Uh, is like, oh shit! I better get this to the authorities, and they because of all the internet spying, mm-hmm. they they know they know immediately that oh, this yeah. has happened, and start to chase Jason Lee. They come to his house. They chase him out of his house. He gets well, first he he put he downloads it and puts it on a disc, and he puts the disc into this sort of Game Boy esque uh, thing. This is this is a fun thing. This is for this is for old old video game boys like me. That is called a PCMCIA card. It's not a disc. It's actually like a piece of hardware, and they like like they were used to they used to use them for like laptops. Uh-huh. Uh, like the modem that I put in my very first laptop didn't come inside the machine. You had to buy it and like slide it into this slot, right? Wow. 
Also, they used these as cartridges for the TurboGrafx-16 game console, and Holy that game thing shit. that he's got is the like Game Boy for the TurboGrafx-16. TurboGrafx-16. It sounds so fake. Oh, it was TurboGrafx-16. By the way, it was spelled Turbo G-R-A-F-X. Fuck oh, yeah, you better dude. fucking believe it. Gotta. And uh, it, was gotta the, spell it was the it stuff of legend. It was the stuff when we were kids. Did, it you, was guys, like the, did you guys have them? No, it was you like the a, really expensive one. You had a friend of a friend of a friend who yeah. had one that you heard. You never, you not, yeah. you never saw it. I never actually played <laughs> He just heard that like, they had. I it. know a guy who saw a guy play one of these things yeah. before, but like you don't even know the person. Well, he name. puts the SNDMR yes. disk drive into the Turbo Graphics, and then he <laughs> enemy terrible. of the state. <laughs> <laughs> it's very high tech, and he is on the fucking run, and he runs his fucking ass off. Yeah. Jason Lee does so much work. Yeah. He he gives it his all in this chase scene. It is absolutely incredible for someone who apparently just sits in front of his computer and like you know is like nerd computer boy. He is a fucking athlete yeah. when he's running he's from really, the really FBI. Really or Could have put him on a skateboard, but they don't. No, they give him a bike. They, they missed it. They missed that. They missed chance. the opportunity. And then he just gets pancaked by a fire truck. <laughs> but not after. <laughs> not after he gives. He runs through a lingerie store. Yeah. On his way and, and sees his old buddy. Will Smith, yeah, they do know his each old other. college friend, and Will Smith's like, "Hey, no, don't I know you from? We went to this college together." And he, and like, Jason yeah, Lee's really like young. freaking out, and he goes, "Oh, remember me?" And Will Smith gives him a card with his mm-hmm. name on it, which like he shouldn't have done. If he hadn't done that, well, they probably would have figured. And it out anyway. Jason Lee surreptitiously out. drops the Game Boy into his shopping bag. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then he gets pancaked by a fire truck. And things get overly complicated later on because Will Smith's kid is such a little shit. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, um, yeah, he gets really the, the shit, absolute shit pancaked out of him. It's very unfortunate. <laughs> by this fire truck. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. <clears throat> and you get to see it from all these different angles because yeah, it's a yeah. Tony Scott movie. And like, the blood's really leaking out of him. All super, right. super good stuff. Well, he's definitely done for... And uh, Will Smith just thinks that a fair, the somewhat traumatizing thing happened to him that day. He doesn't know. He doesn't know what's going on. Life There's going to change. We also failed to mention that because he's doing this thing with the gangsters and the union, he employs a private investigator to help him investigate things privately, mm-hmm. like they do. And uh, that is a person that he's never met named Brill. And he only deals with Brill through Brill's assistant, who is Lisa Bonet. Oh, yeah. Uh, I forget what her character's name is. Is it Rachel something? Anyway, uh, Lisa Bonet. And it turns out that he had an affair with Lisa Bonet a few years ago. Three or four But it's years, over now. He put his marriage back together. Incredibly. I mean, that's bad. That's a whole not, thing. Not just that he had an affair, but it's Lisa Bonet. Like, that's going to be a tough one yeah. to get past. Yeah. And he's still... <laughs> It's not ideal. No, <laughs> He's not still great. working with her and stuff like that. It's not a really good mm. thing to do. Yeah. So anyway, at this point, when the bad guys, when the NSA dudes find Will Smith's card on the dead body on Jason Lee, they're like, and he, and he doesn't have the disc on him. They're like, he must have, they go through, oh my God, they go through all of their like surveillance stuff and they see that, uh, that he went into the lingerie shop and they somehow have a 3D simulated shot of the of the lingerie store that they can circle around in because of all the different security cameras. <laughs> and they see that the bulge in Will Smith's bag gets bigger and that Jason Lee must have given him mm-hmm. the disc. I think this is both ridiculous and like doesn't seem as crazy now as maybe it did then. 
But also, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk. We, we, I don't think we're. We'll talk about this on the next episode. But the shot, the way that they build this security camera thing with the lingerie store, is very much how the tech works in Deja Vu, where like this is like this is like the this is like the same shit that they're doing in Deja Vu, except in Deja Vu it turns out to be something entirely different. Oh. But like all of the tech in it works the same way. We're like we're synthesizing all of this different data, and we're able to use the computer to piece it together to make like a three dimensional image. Yeah, which happens in Deja Vu because sort of. they do say that they're just imagining or the it's, it's an extrapolation yeah it's yeah. predicting what's gonna happen yeah yeah i would like i would like to point out though that as ridiculous as that one shot scene where they do the matrix thing uh-huh. they matrixify it they do that in uh professional sp- uh football games yeah. they can now do that it works now. yeah not that much later really yeah i mean of course they do have all the cameras positioned up the way right gata or- originally invented it yeah and in exactly. this case they're just going from one shot to another but it's fun. It's really it's cool. Very, I squealed with delight when it happened. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> and so now they're after they're after Will Smith, and they're like, not, they're not taking any chances. No, John Voight knows that this, or at least in in the world that this movie takes place in, there's a can accountability. So if mm-hmm. John Voight gets caught doing John Voight, you know, by the way, guy, totally cosplaying as Donald Rumsfeld. He looks and acts just like Rumsfeld. Yeah, I suspect that they used to and, play golf together. And, yeah, and you mentioned that that his character's birthday is revealed as nine eleven, <laughs> even though this is a few years earlier. Yeah. There's there's also a scene later where the evil senator Stuart Wilson is giving an interview on television about this surveillance bill that's controversial and he says something like you know people behave very differently once you start blowing up buildings and it's like oh yeah yeah <laughs> And Will Smith at the end of this movie does knock down the twin towers too. It's like, true. It's I, weird. I, I just I couldn't wait. I wanted to bring it up. Well, it's he just wild. he planted the bombs in Tower Seven. Yeah. The other thing that was somebody else. Anyways, Smith did nine eleven, folks. Look it up. <laughs> but do, it's a good, do your own research. In this movie, it's a good thing. Do though. your own research, okay? Um, but yeah, uh, at this point, they, yeah, John Voight is just like get, gets his team of meatheads and nerds. Mm-hmm. He's got the part; half the team is meatheads that go running around doing the actual physical. That's work the haircut the, squad. The, that's your Buseys, your, your cons. cons. Yeah, the haircut squad. And, and then the other half is the nerds, and that's your Seth Green, your Jack Black, your Jamie, Jamie Kennedy's. Kennedy's. Yeah, and ja- I, I wanted to say that um, slobs versus snobs. Really, this movie's really good. Uh, Will Smith's good in it. Gene Hackman's good in it. I think the, the MVP for me was Jack Black. Jack Black's so good. Jack, very funny. I thought Jack Black was fucking. Awesome. I mean, I think the Hackman is is the MVP. Hackman is always the MVP. Maybe it's just more because you're so u- I'm so used to Gene Hackman being that good. In in this case, it's Jack Black playing. Just a little bit less than the energy. That He's he not going has. too big, yeah. But it's yeah. there. But it's still kind of cont- you can tell it's being contained. Yeah. He feels like he's ready to pop at any moment, but he doesn't. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's really fun. It's great stuff. And there's and he and he looks like Jack Black, but he's very competent. Yeah. So that combination of him just know, being very much in charge and knowing exactly what he's doing and still being Jack Black. Yeah. Is, is, it's really good. A real treat. I really like uh, the the Busey Con interactions. Yeah. Which are reminiscent to me of Scott Conn and uh, Casey Affleck in the Oceans movies, which is these fucking idiots just <laughs> sniping at each other. You know, you see some movies, and it's the young crew of uh, of you know new talent in Hollywood, and then you find out stories later on where it's like, man, we hung out every night, we were such good friends. I do watch this one and go like, those guys didn't like each other. <laughs> I don't think those guys were hanging out. I don't know. Do you think they swap Maybe stories Jimmy about can- their dads? <laughs> I mean, is Gary, like Gary Busey, Busey and James Conn's son just kicking it? 
Which hey, dude, what's the craziest shit your dad ever did to you? Oh. How many times did he hit you that time? <laughs> Damn. You know, what's what's the most drugs you've ever seen your father consume in an hour? <laughs> how many Christ. how many playmates did your father yeah, bang in front exactly. of you? Exactly. When did your father take you to the... How old were you when your father first took, took you, you to the, the Playboy, the Playboy mansion? Playboy yeah. mansion. Well, how old were you when you first saw the grotto? <laughs> I mean, I feel like these guys had some shit to swap. And meanwhile, Seth Green and Jamie Kennedy were just talking about Nintendo games. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Something like that. Either way, uh, <laughs> it's not a problem or anything. These guys, these guys are fun, and they're my favorite part of the movie. But we need to get to Hackman. He's not introduced until an hour no, into until the until like movie. halfway it, through it, the movie. It honestly takes a little too long. Um, we hear about him though because he is uh, brill, yeah. this brill. Well, what happens first is that um, he gets picked up by who he thinks is brill, but it's Gabriel Byrne who is an, a secret agent bad guy, and because they have intercepted the fact that he is going to meet with brill. Mm. Is this so, after his life has been destroyed though? Yes. Okay. Because he's jump- P.S. His life gets destroyed. Yeah, they like cancel yeah. his credit cards. They make they reveal his affair to his well, not reveal his affair. They reveal that he's been uh, talking to yeah. Lisa Bonet. They reveal again. that he's still uh, there's like pictures of him and Lisa Bonet. And as far as Regina King knew, that they were was no longer anymore. in contact. Yeah. But he, you know, he cares about her, and he's getting information from from Brill via her to help his case. Yes. But he's been kicked out of the house. Kicked out of the house. He, has, he can't get his... He's got no credit cards working anymore. They've canceled his credit cards. Over the course of like 10 minutes, he goes from a successful attorney he to... He goes hero to zero, really. Hero to zero. That's hero very zero. good. Yeah. I like that a lot. And uh, and now he's just like running around frantically. He has no money or credit cards or yeah. anything. And, and people are also probably trying to like... Get him or torture. Well, yeah, because then because then he thinks he's going to meet with Brill, and he meets with Gabriel Byrne. Doesn't know Gabriel Byrne is not really Brill. There's like uh, he's in the he's in the a cab. Gabriel Byrne is described as just disguised as a cab driver, uh, and then they realize as they're driving away that they're being chased by somebody in a big uh, in a like a Ford Bronco or whatever. And uh, excuse me. And uh, at that point, Gabriel Byrne just decides I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and and pulls a gun on Will Smith. Flips pretty quick. Yeah. From being um, but an then ally. but then they get into an accident with the uh, the car that's been chasing them. And it's Gene Hackman who rescues Will Smith. He's like, "Come on with me. Now I have questions. <laughs> Come on me if you want to live. I'm not really trying to save you. I just want to find out how much you know and how exposed I am and stuff like yeah, that." Yeah, he's so yeah. ready to just leave the situation at so many different points. He's like, "I'm leaving." <laughs> and you're like, wait, wait, so you can't good. just go. <laughs> one, of the, one of the chunky or one of the clunkier things about this movie is how fast. No, he one switches. of the chunkier What's things. One of the chunkier things, frankly. <laughs> and I'm here for it. Uh, is, is how fast he switches from being like, "Fuck you, I don't give a shit about you or anything." Like, just I just want to be myself. To like, we're friends now. Well, and I do want to help you. A, there is an important part to that, which is that the bad guys kill Lisa Bonet, who he very much loved. That's true. That's his best buddy's, you know, his Vietnam buddy's daughter who he was, like, taking care of. Mm. Yeah. And so when they kill her, he's like, all right, I'm in it with you to fuck these guys up. And at one point, Will Smith does move him out of the way of it. He picks him up when a train's coming at him. Yeah. So you got a couple things, but still, it, it, it feels like a jump. But either way, the movie's frantically paced, and yeah. it's over two hours long, but never feels slack I think, or anything. And, it, and it, it does really deploy very judiciously the, uh, the like... Zippy scene transition, like internet stuff, yeah. you know, yeah. and and like every time a new scene, it's like, yeah. you know, it has. I like, love that. I love all that, that shit. Yeah. Oh, so much fun. Pretty cool. Uh, so this is the sort of stuff. Yeah, it's like fourteen hundred hours. Yeah, like, uh-huh. here, here, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's great. 
Um, and then even even to like bo- in like boring places, it's just like a place in Baltimore, fourteen hundred hours. Yeah. So Hackman is basically just his character from the conversation, all grown up. But mm-hmm. he, but gone off the grid. But gone off the grid. But he's still even his like workspace looks like the exact same as the conversation, uh, yeah. like the weird like cage in the fucking like it's one hundred percent supposed to be. Yeah. 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 It even they even like use his photo from the uh-huh. from the movie. They do. Yeah. That's his old, the most like, telling FBI part. Files. And I really I really like the part where the bad guys figure out that. Uh, that Hackman is helping Will Smith and, and John Voight is like, not this fucking guy. Oh, <laughs> shit. He's the best surveillance kind of guy yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. They, they, they're, I don't think it's in here, but there needed to be a part where like all the young hacker guys are like, that dude's alive? That would have been yeah. tight. I would have loved that. You know? But like the lore of, of him, you know? Yeah. But those guys are too young. They, like yeah. they, Most of them just started the job recently anyway. Yeah. So... Uh, that kind of that's kind of part of the charm is that they're, none of them really are invested in any no. of this. But project. that would be fucking rad, though. Oh, for sure. Uh, but the Gene, this this is like the really the meat of this movie is the stuff where like Gene Hackman has him in the elevator, yeah, and he's finding all of the different little scanners that they've the little trackers that oh, they yeah, put on him. Oh yeah, he stops the elevator, and starts tearing. He pours them. a bunch of potato chips on him to oh, empty out the potato yeah. chip bag, yeah, yeah. and Will Smith's like, "What the fuck?" Like he's just like laying there because dude's he's got a gun, a gun in his face. Yeah. but he, but he'll but he'll like Will Smith will be like, "Hey, what's going?" On? He'll be like, "Shh." Yeah, like kind of gently, but he is pointing a gun. It's like fascinating. Yeah, it's really, it's really interesting. Yeah, and he pulls out like one, one in his heel, one in his. It was like, and it shows on the screen the hackers. Like you can see, it's like pants, like yeah, yeah. trousers, <laughs> yeah. and, and when one goes offline, it like crosses it out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're losing. Well, they had they have six of them. Man, these guys are good. Yeah. And then he he basically gets it down to like two. One yeah. of them's the yeah. They watch. replace the watch. They replace the the pen. Yeah. Uh, but he, but like, but the, uh, Gene, they get a little information exchange, and then Gene Hackman basically is like, "Don't ever fucking talk to me again. I just want to be left alone. Good luck if you last another like two hours." I'll be very I'm impressed. Very yeah, impressed. he was, he was like, "Goodbye." Take take off your clothes, and he's like, "Why?" Because <laughs> then don't take off your clothes. I don't give a shit. Then fine, don't take. I don't fucking care. Goodbye. Yeah. And, but he does. But he does have that information, and so at a certain point, he's in this building, and they're all coming towards him, and he goes like, "I thought they were in a hotel. It was a hotel. He's in a, he's in a hotel." Because there's that really terrible scene where they go into the other the, the like Asian couple's room and they think he's like stripping for them yeah. so they get really excited about <laughs> he's it he's like ooh she does go ooh when he starts taking it's off it's really clothes. a lousy scene it's very dumb but but like the sort of stuff that they do all the time funny. in movies. I mean, point. it's oh, I thought it was super funny, but it's just like, man, you you could not have the scene now. It was just like <laughs> and good. Uh, but but this is this is the the real good stuff because now he's like down to his underwear and he's like jumping around on the side of the building. Yeah. Everyone's coming around. This is what we. This is good and it's shit, doing man. all the cool like surveillance shots during this he's chase. Really sequence. up against it. another pair of great legs. Yeah, he looks good. It's Will Smith. He's very. He's in his here. underwear. Yeah. At a certain point, he's just like uh, underwear and a robe, and then he's just running down the middle of a fucking street yeah. bad I like bad when he's stuff. like running in the, in the tunnel, tunnel. Yeah. In the oh tunnel. my god that was so good intense, and then he yeah. runs into that one this one guy who's like doing something with his truck on the side the shoulder of the tunnel yeah and uh, he convinces him to swap like like put a robe on him and like sit down so the guys end up thinking it's him yeah but he's really like kept going it's pretty oh, impressive. Yeah. He was really up against it there. It's kind of impressive. There's a lot of like running. There's a lot of fucking running in this movie. And, the, and, it's, and it's cool too because the bad guys are always so close. Yeah. So it, it adds to the intensity. It is crazy that this movie is over two hours because it truly flies. No. Because it, the, yeah, it the, pa- really the pacing is like one of the best, I think. Yeah. Um, it never feels long. It never feels like, okay, when are we going to wrap this up? It's always just like dun, dun, dun. One yeah. one to another, you know, and it doesn't, and it does also doesn't feel repetitive, Mm-mm, even though it's no. a lot of very similar stuff that's happening. Well, and I think a lot of that has to do with like we don't even like 
it's not even the Hackman show until halfway through the fucking movie. Like they're it's very like they place things very decidedly throughout the storyline and it works yeah. really well. Yeah. Uh how does he reteam with Hackman? Oh god, that's a very good question. I think he's Is it after Lisa again. Bonet? Well, he goes back to his house or to goes to find Lisa Bonet and Lisa Bonet's dead. Yeah. Yes, and and he And then he, he sees like the picture again. of Brill with his with her father in her house. And once he relays that information, like Gene Hackman, he the, the time he finds Gene Hackman again, the second time, yeah. Gene Hackman's really mad. Yeah. He I doesn't want to be around him anymore because now that Lisa Bonet's dead. Absolutely, he's he is not trying to be a hero. He just wants to he wants his own anonymity and yeah. wants to stay out of anything. But once he but that it does really change at the moment he gets that information that Lisa that was basically the last thing he had in his life. Yeah, yeah, was this connection to Lisa Bonet and his cat. And, and so now he's and he's got that cat. I love a guy Wait, with a cat. Wait, what's the cat's name? Oh, I forget what the cat's Bear name is. Bear, something? yeah. Bear. No, it's not Bear. It's uh, ba- it's Babe. Babe. Babe yeah. the cat. Wonderful. It's funny because cat. he has a pet in both of the Tony Scott movies. You wonder if that's just a bit of shtick that they're like, hey, we should give him a pet. You know, like he just <laughs> likes that. I love also, the there's idea. the little dog Porsche. That's right. <laughs> the little fucking Pomeranian. Yeah, yeah Will Smith's dog. dog. I hate that dog so much. They spray painted him gr- green. <laughs> The dog is green. The dog is green. I love that. Porsche. <laughs> I uh, I just I love uh, I love Hackman in this, and I'm glad that he is doing a second Tony Scott movie because Tony. I mean, Hackman eats directors alive. He's like famous for it. Mm. Just the fact that he showed up to do it this again and like just seems like a testament to Tony Scott's ability to like get good performances out of his out of his actors. A lot of people want to work with him. Yeah. No, for sure. But yeah, so he gets back with uh, with Gene Hackman, and now they're kind of like on the run together. Um, there's yeah. that there's that the bit where they're yelling at each other in the car, and, and Gene Hackman's like, "Need some food, need to eat, hypoglycemic." Oh yeah, he's like, "So you?" He's like, "My sugar. When my sugar's low, I, I get I, cranky. I get I get cranky." So, so when you don't eat, you get mean. <laughs> like, it's like something like that. He's like, so you're even more of an asshole when you eat, when you don't eat. There's a cute part later on where he, you could tell he's getting a little cranky and Will Smith finds him some pretzels. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. sweet. He just like hands him a little that's pretzel. When the, that's when they're like caught and he's been yeah. like beating on Gene Hackman and stuff. And he's like, here, take this, yeah. this thing of pretzels. He's like, you guys got any food yet behind you to get, grab some pretzels? He gives so it to him. funny. So sweet. <laughs> Friendship, man. It's all, it's all over these movies. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah. Um, and so they're stopping to get some snacks at a convenience store <laughs> conveniently Relatable. and uh, he does the one thing he's not supposed to do he picks up the phone and makes a phone call from a pay phone he told him not to make told any him calls not to do that and sure enough uh, they, they get a beat on him right then and there yeah because they got the surveillance they got the is all around they yeah. don't they, like it's inescapable and now it's funny because now it's like well of course of course people are listening like you see the ads when you say like one thing about, yeah like, like yeah you're talking to your friend and then you look at your phone later and there's an ad for the there's thing an ad you were talking for that about. Yeah, yeah when you haven't even looked at it and it's kind of like taken for granted now that's how it is when yeah. it's like in this movie it's like oh my god wait like they know like what i like or uh-huh. like they, they're listening to me they know where i am at yeah yeah 100 percent. very scary yeah and like in this one it's like in in this particular scene they don't even they get a trace on him from his voice they're like just waiting for will yeah. smith to make i mean a they're, phone call. they're definitely like making up technology oh that's here, no, that but, stuff exists but it's but, probably not quite that fast yeah quite that fast or that easy to explain off but yeah um so yeah so they're tracked down again yeah. Um, but not. But they don't know that yet. Then they go to Gene Hackman's hideout, 
which is in oh, this yeah. like abandoned building. His his like parking garage cage that was yeah. basically the same thing as the conversation where he's like, no one, you know, no one can track me in here. He has that like little monitor thing. He scans up and down. He's like, see, like yeah. everything's blocked. Like you can't get it. No one can know that I'm here. Right. Oh, and we forgot the part where he figures out that the sensitive material that they're looking for from him is in the kid's video game. Oh. Because he has to go like sneak around and, and meet up with his kid and get the Game Boy and the kid is like, Daddy, I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't mean to steal it or anything, you know, like I didn't It's broken. Yeah, it doesn't work. And they're like, and, Well he's like, Do you have it? And I'm like, Yeah. That's really it. funny too where he's where he's in the back and he's talking to the kid and he's like, Son, I need you to really be honest with you. I will not be mad. Just seriously, though, yeah. tell me what you did with this thing. It's fine. Yeah, but you have to because t- it's just like we don't have time. For we don't you have time to for this. Continue this farce. But so they've got that now, and they then Gene Hackman takes him back to his hideout and analyzes the stuff on the disc, and then that's when they find out that John Voight, you know, killed Jason Robards, and that's what they're after. Yeah. And that leads to my favorite part of the movie, which is when the bad guys show up at the at the base, they blow up the building and go on the chase through the train yard. Great explosion. Yeah. Fucking great explosion. Yeah, they're running in between trains and stuff. There's a really cool shot where uh they're they're being chased by these two cars and like one of the cars like one of the trucks like flips and goes right into the camera. Tremendous. So cool. There's another really awesome moment at the end of this chase where uh, they're sort of in like an open area of the train yard. Will Smith has a shotgun and there's this amazing shot of the helicopter coming like right down on the ground like this. Yeah. It's so awesome. Cool shit. Great music. Good Hans Zimmer score in this. I think it's Hans Zimmer. It he might be Harry Gregson Williams. Uh, but it's really good music. I've always liked the score for this because it's like weirdly not that bombastic. Yeah. No, it doesn't overtake it at all. Um, and I just like that part. That whole part of the movie is like always my favorite. All the shot. while, uh, Hackman has his fucking cat in the bag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like during the entire like explosive chase. Cats in the bag. Yep. Cats in the bag. And the silver spoon and little boy <laughs> blue and the man in the, the moon, etc., etc. Et uh, yeah, in this scene where they're running across this, it's it's a Baltimore train it's yard. In, well, it's supposed to be in Baltimore. I don't know if that's where they shot it. It looks like a Baltimore. It train does. Yard. It does. It's very yeah. big and filthy and stuff. And uh, they're running and bickering and dodging trains. And this is where he pulls Hackman out of the way of a train. Yeah. And basically, by the end of this situation, they've kind of resolved that they're going to be full. They're going to fully team up. They literally, yeah. And now maybe it's time to take the power back. Mm-hmm. 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 Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe back mm-hmm. power taking time a little bit for these guys. Let's do it. And absolutely, and uh, and it involves using their same the same like tracers and, and gadgets that they took from them, turning them against them, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. canceling all the cards. <clears throat> there's there's some parts of this plan where you're like, this is a very good plan, and then other parts of the plan that like this is a fucking hail mary. Yeah, they cancel John Voight's cards. That's pretty funny when Anna Gunn is like, what's going on with our credit cards? And am I your <laughs> wife? Yeah, and do I do we have like wife? multiple very young children? <laughs> That's gross. Voice like sixty eight. Anna Gunn is a very young Anna Gunn. Just, How is just, she like twenty three? There's two two or three scenes with them together where I'm just like, "That's his daughter." Yeah, and then at a certain point, she's like, "What's?" I'm like, "Why does she have the bills?" Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> why very, is she talking about bills? Very oh gross. Oh my god, no! Imagine Donald Rumsfeld with like three five year olds. Oh, there's a, that's, there is a scene where he's with one of his kids, and it's one of his kids. Yeah. It's just, it, you, you watch it, and you're like, that's a grandkid. That's got to be no, a grandkid. No, it's one of his children. And the kid is, like, playing with the remote control, it's and he's just, like, that is very annoying. He's being a real <laughs> shitty dad. 
He's way too old to be a dad. Can you dad imagine if Donald kid, Rumsfeld was your dad and you were like six and he's like, No, that girl's like not know. even six. She's like three years old, right. like on the freaking <laughs> remote. And then you, but like little girl asks daddy Donald Rumsfeld, like, Daddy, why is the sky blue or something like that? And she's, he's like, We don't know. There's knowns there's and there's knowns, unknowns. Known unknowns. Daddy, what's a tautology? <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Oh my God! Anyway, a little little Rumsfeld humor for you. He is John, John Voight is like Rumsfeld if he had even less of a sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. It's like fantastic. And now he's MAGA, so it's great. It, it works. It all it all tracks. Yeah, I'll tell you he's that. completely insane. So they've set up surveillance. <laughs> it's at weird his to house. see him play the bad guy in this. <laughs> because it? well, just because it's like, does he look back on that and go like, I was I, I was playing the villain in that movie? Do you think he looks back on Enemy of the State and going like? No, the movie should have been about how I was right. I don't think John Voight does self-reflection. No, probably, probably not. Probably all. not at all. He probably hasn't thought about any of the enemy yeah. of the state in years. Money oh. job. <laughs> Money job. Anyway, um, they've set up surveillance on him now. He finds out because his kid keeps flipping the channels, and then all of a sudden, it's like, and it's stuff. It's stuff that they wanted him to find. Right. So yeah. it's like they want him to know that now they're on to him. Yeah. Like yeah. you know. And they uh, set up. Well, they set up a meet. With John Voight to to exchange the tape to get for that and to get Will Smith's life back and to have Gene Hackman, you know, had his record exonerated so and he can remain off the like grid. And this salary is where, and yeah. this is where it all connects together. Yeah. But at the same time, it is a completely insane plan. Yeah. The like plan there's, is, there's like a thirty percent chance this works out in their yeah, favor. Completely it's total nuts. chaos. But their plan is essentially to to trick John Voight into meeting with Tom Sizemore. And sweaty gangster. The sweaty gangster from the beginning of the movie, and to have them both think that the other one has what they want. Because there's like three different tapes in this movie. Yeah, there's a tape of Tom Sizemore who's canoodling with uh, cr- other criminals and violating his parole. And, and then there's stuff. the initial tape of the mob guy uh, hanging out with like a fish city officials or whatever, uh-huh. which isn't allowed. And that was the initial tape. Yes. And so in order to make all this stuff work, he had to depend on the miscommunication mm-hmm. that everyone would think they were talking about a different tape and it would seem to be that the mob guy actually had the tape that was the big important tape. Yes. It's like a because, three's company yes. plot. And uh, it works. It's definitely a comedy of errors. It, it works a because of then you get all the mob guys and all the spook agent guys and John Voight all in the room together and they all just shoot each other. Tony Scott. Which is literally like, imagine having that plan and then it working. You yeah. know, you'd be so fucking I really stoked. like at the end of that scene too, Will Smith is just under the table. And then he just walks out. <laughs> There's blood everywhere. And then he just walks yeah, out. The plan, so. is, the plan is though, these guys all mow each other down and I hope I don't get killed in the yeah. process. That's the best. That's yeah. the best you can do. And he gets under the table and indeed and, and this movie hasn't had a whole lot of like uh, crazy shooting action in it at this like point that. and Tony Scott really lets it out like yeah. like a fart that he's been holding for a yeah. long well, time it's like, it's like it's a very chaotic romance. sequence yeah. totally it's wild. like the true romance like hotel it's heavy heavy edited scene, though yeah. like it's really it's almost like romance. it's almost incoherently edited yeah. I mean it's very very crazy. It's very lo- just a loud like twenty five second burst of pure violence yeah. uh, that I I enjoyed quite a bit actually. It was good, yeah. And everybody's dead. I think a couple people have just wounds, but it's pretty funny because there's like a a, a pullback shot after all this chaotic actions happen, and <laughs> yeah. there's just so many bodies. Yeah, everyone's and blood dead. Everyone's like, God, that was the plan. Yep, that was the best case scenario. But Hackman and, and Will Smith get away and. 
That's and, pretty much and, the end of the movie. Well, there's a very strange thing happens. That is a very strange moment movie. at the end where like he's watching TV in his house and he gets a weird <laughs> video message from Gene Hackman. <laughs> it like keeps going too. Yeah. At first it's like you can tell you can tell that it's him or whatever, and then Will Smith's like, Hey, like he waves and whatever. And then it cuts and it's like There's editing. And then, yeah, it goes, wish sure. you were here, written in the sand. And it was like, oh, okay. This is very out of character And then it continues to go on, and it's just his legs. <laughs> More great legs. You're going to have More to great you, legs. He goes, you're gonna have to get a tan on those things. Yeah. And then the, the water washes away the wish you were here message yeah. and stuff. And it's like, and there's this like weird surfy <laughs> rock like, okay. music playing on the soundtrack <laughs> like, and stuff. Right. But then at, right at, as if that isn't unpleasant enough. It was like him feeding his cat, too, at the beginning yeah, or yeah. something like that. And as if that isn't unpleasant enough that the next thing you see is Larry King, who oh, is like talking yeah. to some politician guy. He's like, you can't come into my home, Senator. And then it ends. Larry King has the last word in the movie yes. Enemy of the State. Larry the last King, voice yeah. that you hear is that of Larry King. If you see one movie for the rest of your life, it should be Enemy of the State. If you listen to one pop punk album of your entire life, it should be Enema of the State. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. Mickey Blue Eyes is the best film I've ever seen. That's good stuff. Uh, that that ending has always I, I don't know if I dislike it or anything but it's always like what? what? It's, it's fucking yeah, weird. It's weird. weird. It's really weird but I guess it's sweet. The idea of this Gene Hackman character who the ha- most of the vast majority of the time in this movie is going shut up fuck you I don't want to fucking get the fuck out of they're fueling their missiles Yeah. and, uh, and then he's like writing wish you were here and with his finger on the no, beach. No that's as then, soon as I saw it I was like okay so he like straight up like wrote that out <laughs> And also, was, <laughs> and was, that, was that live? <laughs> it had to kind of... Uh, could have been pre-recorded, but he, know, it had whatever. editing, though. So if it was live, he had multiple cameras. He busted out Final Cut. <laughs> it's probably Adobe Avid, Premiere. Adobe I don't know if Adobe Premiere was around It was, it was. That's oh, how was. I learned to cut digitally was on Premiere first. A lot of people were doing Avid around this I time, did. Too. I did Premiere, and then I learned Avid. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well... We can o- we can only assume it was Premiere or Avid, and yeah. and that's the important part. Yeah. That's, and that's all that the, matters. <laughs> that's the important thing. Uh, but that, but that's Enemy of the State. There it is, you guys. It's fun. Frenemy of the State. Frenemy of the State. Oh, Frenemy of the State. Weird ending. Uh, I did uh, I did want to point out that this movie's not particularly salacious in the dialogue. Uh, it's not. It's an R-rated movie, and they're swearing in it and stuff like that. Um, but uh, at one point, Tom Sizemore gets this line in, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> that was a little different, where he goes, only one going to get arrested. This is at the very end, in the, in the, during the final showdown. Oh, where, I remember where, where this Will line. Will Smith yeah. goes like, I'm going to, someone's Only one person's going to get arrested around here, you, for felonious <laughs> cocksucking. With an attempt to swallow the evidence. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <It's> like, <laughs> I had to calm, go back and go, wait a minute, Calm what? down. Felonious cocksucking. There's the Jack Black line where he's talking about the, the housekeeper's hairy legs. Oh, and he goes, you know what the hairy legs mean? One deep dish boosh. <laughs> and that's like the most Jack Black he gets in the Doesn't entire movie. Doesn't he also say like something about her legs? He's like, it's kind of hot. It's turning me Yeah, on. he's this like, is, it's kind of hot. It means one deep of, dish boosh. Yeah. This is kind of a funny line, too, where he's, he's talking about the nanny, and he goes, let me follow the nanny. She doesn't shave her legs. That's, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Women like that are so hot. Yeah, yeah, That's what that. I'm thinking of, yeah. <laughs> but it's, fun, it's a great reading because it takes you on a journey where he says, let me follow the nanny, and you're like, that's weird. And he goes, she doesn't shave her legs. Jesus. And you're like, oh, he's kind of shaming her. And then he goes, women are like that are so hot. And you're like, oh, okay, wow, this guy's he's okay. up to something. <laughs> interesting dude. Uh, there's a part where Will Smith is getting grilled about his um, 
this this is where it's talking about like if they get in and and they can get uh, bring our private business out into the open where does it end you know mm-hmm, this sort mm-hmm. of thing and the two people from his work are firing him about this rumors or whatever that are being pushed and he goes He's talking to them. He's there like, you ever, rumors? You ever beat off in the shower? You ever have a, homose- a homosexual thought? And one of them goes, that's... And then he interrupts and goes, none of my fucking business. So cool. It's pretty cool. Just keep your, my wife's name out of your motherfucking mouth. It's right, definitely man. that read. And it's, and it's, very uh, much and it's like uh, Philip Baker Hall. And it's Philip fucking Baker Hall. Yeah. We didn't even... Did we mention that? No, we no. didn't. Jesus Christ. Uh, he didn't secrete it into any of my bodily orifices is a <laughs> line that's in there somewhere. Um, and this is, and this is where uh, I like I like to do, I do a little cross dressing on the weekends. You know, you'd be surprised how much a pair of edible panties can make a guy feel sexy. That's I don't think that that's surprising says. at all. <laughs> I'm not at all surprised. Yeah, I feel very sexy right now. <laughs> well, I mean, I always feel very sexy. <laughs> oh, and I and I also just wanted to point out in uh, just for whatever reason. <laughs> If this means anything to anybody, the only time I've ever heard the term eggplant used as a uh-huh. uh, as a uh, racial oh, yeah. slur is that a thing? It is. That it's is weird. actually. I didn't know what they were t- doing for well, a while. Well, it's from True Romance too. From True Romance. I, yeah, I didn't Scott get it movies. then either. I was, that is that is a thing. Interesting. And I think that is what uh, Mulignan means. Close in Italian. Yeah, we'll yeah, talk about that. Like that. Oh, we'll, 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 we can. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm good on covering. That's enough racism yeah, for this one. Uh, but the, I just, it's Tony Scott throws that thing around like it's a common occurrence or something. I don't know. Uh, that's, that's enough. The, the, the pacing and the, and the fun of the cast are, are, are what's best about it. There's not a lot of like incredible lines in it or anything. Uh, so ratings. I'm going to give this four Juds. Okay. All right. I really loved it this time and I've always really liked it. So. I was happy to revisit it. I was surprised that it still remains relevant. Actually, I wanted to point this out earlier, but I forgot until just now. Just because we didn't really talk about how I think this movie is still sort of scarily relevant. Like, I just read an article today that was uh, that the Trump administration actually had, like, a clandestine uh, program to try to... Not manufacture, but basically produce, air quotes, evidence connecting a bunch of Portland protesters to prove that Antifa was like a terrorist organization. It was all just a made-up thing. Yeah. And the people that were working on the program were getting like basically just random dossiers about the people that were on the ground in the protest, but they didn't even know what they had been accused of. If they'd been charged with a crime, they were only left to assume that the subjects that they're investigating had a bit apparently been arrested, but didn't know why or what for. So like that just reminded me of like watching this movie and like the guys running all the sting shit on Will Smith who don't really know what he's yeah doing. they're just doing the computer job you know and how all this shit gets mis- misused so easily you know in any kind of like all this stuff is just always bad this stuff this movie pre obviously the amazing thing about it is that it's pre nine eleven quite yeah. a bit pre nine eleven three years uh, pre nine yeah. eleven and uh, and it's just like all you had to do to know that the Patriot Act was going to be a problem, you know, that, that some people were complaining about. Not enough, obviously. Yeah. It's like, they're not going to just use this shit for fucking terrorism. Right. You know that. Like, once you open this door, it's just for everything. It's and just, it's, all it's here so weird movie. that this came out in 1998 yeah. and not 2003. <laughs> it's pretty wild. You know, and you don't, you know what, and the other thing is like, one of the other weird side effects of 9-11 is like, up until around then, there were a lot of movies especially action movies and like thrillers that were about government overreach and like how you can't trust the feds and all this stuff and that didn't go away but it didn't really have the same sticking power like after 9-11 you got like maybe born born identity 
Yeah. You know, the gun who doesn't want to be a gun. Oh, I don't want to have to do this bad stuff. Yeah. Um, but like before we didn't trust the government and then we were sort of, we all sort of tricked ourselves into doing it until we found out no it was it was just as bad as we thought it was going to be the whole time yeah and i still think this this one's got a lot of that creepy stuff that you can't believe came out post uh, yeah. pre 911 but to me the number one and we talked about it was swordfish because <laughs> yeah. it swordfish was months rules. before 911 and yeah. uh, and it's like Ooh. what whoa <laughs> yeah that's the most eerie to me but anyway back to ratings uh, so yeah four juds uh, i'm going to give it like a half a Douglas uh, for the oh, lingerie shop. The la- there's, the, there's the lingerie shop, and then also the scene where he is frantically. I mean, this is shortly after he was running in his underwear in the tunnel, and then he goes into the the garage of his house. And, oh, and like, he like starts and to seduce ta- talks his wife. To his wife, and he's like, "I am up against it. They've ruined my whole life, uh, and they took my credit cards, and they're trying to destroy us, and this and that." And then she, and she's, and she's like, "I believe you." And then he's like, "Oh, okay, well." Uh, and then he opens up. He's <laughs> like, "Man, yeah. there's the, hey, nothing wrong with a little she was, love." Right she was now. snooping for the uh, the Christmas present. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'll give it a full. I'll give it a full one, Douglas. Wild time for time for love there. Full one, Douglas, for that one. And then I'm gonna give it uh, ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Turbo Graphics sixteen PCM CIA cards. Hell yeah. Uh, This is a quintessential three and a half Judd one. I mean, I can't like it much more than that because there's just I don't know. Just some of the like that. Some of the last third of the movie is pretty stupid, and and it is over two hours, even though the the pace is very good. And uh, I don't know. It's just three. It's three and a half. Just three and a half judges. Uh, I'll give it one. Douglas, but almost entirely for that lingerie shop. That lingerie shop is insane. <laughs> Close I, is a lingerie shop without a front window, Travis. And that lingerie shop area p- sticks out just like that Tom Sizemore line, too, because like none of the rest of the movie is like that. You're like, why is yeah. this a dumb juvenile fantasy all of a sudden? It's yeah, really there's weird. A, there's a couple of those in this movie. It's very weird. Oh, also there's a scene where they're recording a, a senator, and this is some some of that kind of tacked on like noise that doesn't add. There's a senator who's like somehow involved in this and somehow getting them uh, on tape having an affair helps yes. their cause in some way or another. But Gene Hackman is watching this sex footage of the senator with his cat in his lap. Yeah. And the cat seems to enjoy watching these people have <laughs> yeah. sex. And and the cat is, at first the cat is like looking at it and then the people are really getting down to business and it cuts to the cat and the cat is purring. Mm-hmm. So that's weird. <laughs> that is really weird. <laughs> the cat, babe, babe. The, babe the cat loves to watch people fuck. Hey, He's just—he's a simple cat, you know. He likes butter simple in his pleasures. ass, lollipops in his mouth. mouth. Oh my god! That's right. What is that? <laughs> I don't know. You know, a line from Boogie Nights. I, I don't remember that at <laughs> no, all. I'll tell you about it when we're done. Speaking of, uh, yeah, speaking of Phil Baker Hall. Phil Baker Hall. Um, and then I'm gonna give it ten out of ten horny cats. Hmm. All right, I'm gonna give it four Juds because I really loved it. Pacing great, cast great, flew by. Stories awesome. Hackman rules couple good dogs in this one <laughs> the dog um, is green <laughs> one dog green dog green. dog is green the trap is clean <laughs> i'm gonna give it half a douglas for the for the lingerie stuff and the tape stuff and the sex stuff it's just not really not really too uh sleazy and then i'm gonna give it just like a 90s sex dungeon lingerie shop excellent why not mm-hmm. yeah. Love it. Well, God damn it, we did it. Part one of Tony Vember. In the books. In the books. We'll be back in a couple of weeks, part two, at which time we will cover 
Spy Game. Mm. Uh, right. Wow. Which is a, a good one. And then we will do Man on Fire. Love it. Oh, favorite. Man. Another ringer. And uh, my personal favorite of the three, and I'm very excited to talk about Deja Vu. Also great. I'm pretty sure that's going to be my favorite of the three. I all, fa- all three bangers, in my opinion. I uh, famously hate Man on Fire. What? So we'll see how I feel about it this time. That is crazy I mean, talk. I didn't watch it more than once. I just oh. watched because I hated it. I continue and that's how to I do grow in my appreciation, although initially I didn't like it either, and now I've grown to really love it. I know lots of people that love this movie, and it's always been fascinating and enraging to me. <laughs> so uh, I'm, well, I'm we'll looking ready for a lot of sort different of looking opinions. Forward to that. And you should Maybe. also, before that episode, you were going to want to sign up for our Patreon and hear us talk about... Uh, Crimson Tide, True yes. Romance. Yes, if you already listened to the True Romance, then you'll look forward. Well, if to you Crimson haven't signed Tide. up for the Patreon yet, you haven't listened. I'm saying, to either I'm of them. saying, and those episodes with Crimson Tide and True Romance is all four of us. It's all four Kevin of us. Clark, Kev's yeah. on the Kev's on the show in for those. person. It's no my less. Patreon debut. Yeah. Um, four fifty. You'll get lots of good stuff. Um, and you can even go back and listen to some of the other good stuff that you might have missed before. Yeah. Rate us and review us five stars only. Five stars only, please. That's right. And uh, we love you. Yeah, don't don't uh, get it twisted. We're watching you. <laughs> <laughs> Till next time, this is Spence is killing us. Oh, it's killing no, us. his beak. Good boy. He's Good boy. Beak. G'day.